The following podcast gimmick has been paid for by Look at the Adjective. You spin me right round like a NASCAR, baby. Hello and welcome to Look at the Adjective. We ain't here to podcast. Just to re-emphasise, the contract has been terminated. <laughs> like Liz Truss. Big, like Liz Truss. <laughs> I am the big man, John Mack, and I'm joined, as always, by a man who makes everyone feel young again, makes people want to wear a T-shirt with Crowded House written on the front of it. The medium-sized man, me, Mark Crowver. How are you doing, mate? I'm all right, mate. Again, another classic intro. I'm good, mate. How are you, though? You made me want to pick up that copy of Punch magazine. How <laughs> 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 good, how good, pal. As you can good tell, man. I've had another Monday off. It's, uh, I know, yeah. It's, it's, it's you always great, know when you've had a Monday spirits. off when you, when you write a good intro, don't you? <laughs> In high spirits. <laughs> I'm good, yeah. So, uh, have you had a good week? Because I know yeah, I'm good, yeah. I had, a cor- I had a corking week last week. This one started off as a Monday normally does, pretty boring. But last week was belted, to be fair. Last week was belted, especially uh, last Wednesday. We went to see the Mighty Alexon firing leads. Absolutely uh, top-notch. Watched the first sort of half hour of United's best performance of the season against uh, Antonio Conte's uh, cold spurs. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, superb. Absolute cracking. But we've got more pressing matters, haven't we, Marcos? We do indeed. We've got to take that trip again down the yellow brick road, the cretin-filled, idiot-paved path of nobodies. You're not doing your jingle again, I'm not, I'm not singing, man. <laughs> I can't. I mean, we've had we've had feedback. It's only been out about eight hours that podcast, and uh, yeah, it was it was not good. People did Leave not uh, respond. <laughs> We'll cut that. It's credit cre- of the week. It's credit of the week, boys. Have you got one for me, Mark? I've got uh, I've got two. Oh, um, Dos Cerveza, por favor. Yeah. The first one is a man who's upset me deeply in the last few days. A man who I thought he was an ally of, of this of this podcast. I saw some, some inflammatory comments on Twitter the other day, and I'm afraid the nomination goes to Chris Bellis. <laughs> one man's meat cook. <laughs> one man's meat cook. I'm joking, I'm joking. I'm not really giving it to him. <laughs> We're joking, Chris. You are you are a friend of the podcast. I'm joking. I'm joking. Uh, no, I've only got one this week, so I thought I'd just try and squeeze that one in to pop you, John. <laughs> I'm sure it'll pop Chris as well. <laughs> cut, cut that out. <laughs> no, to be fair, I've got, it's a bit light for me. I couldn't really, I didn't really see much this week. <laughs> so I've got one. It's it's a Fox News correspondent, Tyrus, formerly known as Brodus Clay, popping up on a uh, old Piers Morgan's shitty late night chat show, whatever it's called. I don't know what shit, it is. Shit show. <laughs> Piers Morgan shit show, whatever it's called. Popping Somebody... up as some kind of anti-Semitic correspondent uh, in regards to Kanye West. Fuck knows what it's about. I don't really. I've not really been keeping up to date with what Kanye West. I know he's a bit of a lunatic, but uh, I'm not sure Tyrus is the man who is the best place to uh, to comment. I'm not really sure what his, his qualities are to uh, to comment on what's going on in the world of Kanye West, <laughs> whatever he's been doing. I know he's been. Somebody I know he said some call his mama. <laughs> I know Kanye West has said some quite potentially offensive comments recently. I'm not, I'm, I'm uh, ready much about it, but 
I mean, the potentially is is should be dropped there. Definitely. I, I, don't, I don't know what he said to be honest. I know I've just seen him trending on Twitter. So if I won't um, repeat. All right, well, it must be pretty bad then. But but anyway, any chance to to, to give uh, Piers Morgan some shit? And um, <laughs> just on that matter, he's an absolute cunt. So you can stop fucking arse licking Cristiano Ronaldo if you if you somehow listen to this podcast, which I doubt you will. But um, please stop. Man United are a better team without him, so just leave it. <laughs> Old Piersy is a fucking gimp, and he always has been at the end of the day. So. Going on his show, he's got to be like the ass end of nowhere, and it? it's he, he's turned up. I've seen him. He's turned up. He's got some gimmick title belt with him. This fucking bro, Tyrus. I've seen. Yeah, I had a look at some of his other stuff. He's like a proper Fox News correspondent. And Why? He, and it, I don't know. <laughs> he was promoting a book. He was promoting his memoirs, not autobiography, but memoirs. Now he's 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 of mixed race, Tyrus Brothers Clay, and his book is about like the struggles of him growing up. As a, as a biracial child and whatnot, fair enough. It is hard, I imagine. Do you know what I mean? Extremely hard. Don't don't plug it on fucking Fox News. They're the like, most white supremacist, racist fucking channel going. And Piers going. Morgan is the biggest fucking... And Piers Morgan. ...knob end going, who, who basically, because he got pied off by Meghan Markle, was literally obsessed with her. Everything she, everything she ever does in the newspaper, he has to jump on. Yeah, it's a very small one it. to be honest for me because it was it was it was a bit light from what I could see. I know you've got a couple in the pipeline though. I've got I've got one, and I've got yeah. one that's it's a discussion topic. Okay, there's two sides to it, and I, I wanted to get your take on it. Right. Okay. So my first one is back once again, Mister Tony Khan. I'm afraid he put a press release out. <laughs> Chris Jericho. Signs extension with AEW through to 2025, increasing his roles and responsibilities. Fair enough. But the wording of this is it's, he's keeping sports entertainment alive and well in AEW for the foreseeable future. Why why, why are you using, like, literally your, com- your only competition's gimmick? Like, their one major gimmick, it makes no fucking sense. I'm surprised that they've not got McDivitt on the case already. And then they're making him... A creative advisor and producer, and from what I can gather, his stink is all over that fucking show because I've just yeah. refused to watch it recently because the people I want to watch aren't on it anymore, apart from MJF and the odd bit of Regal. FTR are fucking nowhere to be seen, apart from backstage fucking thirty second promos. Punk's gone, you know. It's a bit. Yeah, I haven't watched him recently. To be honest, I've sort of. Ever since that whole all out thing, I've sort of I became a bit drained of it all. It's just too much soap opera bullshit. I mean, I've not even been watching WWE for longer because that just got horrendous. And from what I can gather, it's like it's getting a little bit better, but it's not not worth know, it's, tuning in. Yeah, it's not worth tuning in. Like we're watching stuff that don't get me wrong is a bit pap sometimes, but it's it's got stuff that you can talk about. I mean. Mm. AEW with Chris Jericho as a fucking creative advisor and producer just screams, I'm it's, not fair enough. It's, it's such a bad idea. It's such Is a bad he... idea. I, I think, I think, I don't think he's learned from his, learned from his mistakes the first time round with the people. He's, why is he giving Jericho all that power? Say, same with Moxley in a way. How long until it all goes to their head and they start getting a bit fucking above, you know, ideas above the station? It's only got a Jericho, hasn't it? Yeah, I was going to say, Jericho's about as egotistical as you can get in wrestling, isn't he? 
And that guy, the more power he gets, the more power he gets. He's gonna just he's just gonna take more and more. Idiot, three year contract for a man what in his mid fifties now, early to mid fifties. Yeah. yeah, early fifties. I think it's stupid. You've got you've got to go with the Chelsea principle there, aren't you? Once we're over once we're over a certain age, it's a one year rolling deal. Um, you don't fuck about. <laughs> um, I think it's silly, really. I'm not sure it's cretinous because I think you probably would keep him around, but just the terms of the contract seem a bit, a bit, a bit too. You much. give him a three three year in ring deal. You might give him a three year sort of backstage deal, but not in a creative position. Jesus, no. but, but there's no filter on him. This is what I mean. Yeah, you had you had people. Yeah, you had Vince who'd say, "Nah, that's not going to work, pal." Yeah, but I mean, half the time he come up with some weird shit as well. So I don't know. I just see it being just getting more Jericho heavy and more shit. <laughs> yeah, and I feel like it's just going to be one of them where it's like all these pals are just going to get the, the the main spots. It's like we were on about the week, the Sammy Guevara thing. Why is he still on the show despite all the shit he's been up to in the last two three years? No idea. Because Jericho's his best mate, so that's why. So you'll see Sammy Guevara win the world title in a year or two. I bet you. It's I just can't. I can't see it being any anything positive, to be honest. Yeah, but Sammy Guevara's one of them. He has got talent, but I think he knows he's got talent. But he, he's another one who's unwilling to listen to anybody that doesn't tell him, "Oh, you're great." You know, just just keep doing what you're doing. And I think Jericho just sort of massages the kid's ego. That's why he's is yeah, like but... he is really. Is he doing that for everyone else? I don't know, but keeping Jake Hager about, as we'll get on to in a bit, That's what I mean. is it should be a crime against humanity. <laughs> Absolutely yeah. horrific. Yeah, it's bad. It is really bad. <laughs> He's been there for three years. <laughs> I know. Crazy. He still WWE stuff was bad, and he had a fucking someone. He had a mouthpiece, didn't he? So, yeah. Right, my second one is a bit of a topic for debate. I just wanted to get your take on it because it is. I, I, I think there's cretininity in there somewhere. Okay. So there's a tweet from Dutch Mantel. Right. The man with the Yosemite Samtash. And he's yeah. talking about this Athena thing mm-hmm. where she's quote unquote stiffed some some job girl, right? Yeah. He's put, damn, does that red-headed girl owe Athena money? One of these days, one of these untrained wrestlers will get hurt seriously and Tony Khan and AEW will be sued. That that girl could have been seriously hurt on that outside drop. Tony, please, you need a safety manager badly. Now, on the other side, no wrestlers actually come out and said this, but Mm. the uh, IWC (laughs) are giving it. Athena has been wrestling for more than 15 years and she's a veteran in the ring and people treating her like she doesn't know what she's doing, mad at seeing her put on a physical match and then saying, uh, calling Athena uh, an unsafe worker for having a hard-hitting match would uh, lose their minds if they ever saw five minutes of Japanese wrestling. Now, my question to you is, was she being reckless as fuck with that girl or was it just a stiff match? It's a difficult one, really, isn't it? Because I think it's probably just the match but i have i have a couple of things on it and there's a lot of people saying that you know people are so shocked in particular people like like dutch mantel or cornet they can't believe it when a woman's works a bit stiff which some of them are a little bit stuck in their ways where they think oh they shouldn't hurt each mm-hmm. other and all this whereas whereas they quite like it when a bloke does it 
which is, you know, they, they like it when a man, you know, when a couple of people work stiff in a ring uh, with men's match. Yep. I think it's hypocritical in that way. The one thing I do think about it is it's pointless doing it in on that, you know, at that, that, that sort of match. Say she was having the sort of long-awaited match with with the women's world champion or whatever, or you know, uh, what's the face, uh, Jade Cargill, you know, the mid mid uh, title, the TBS thing. Maybe it would work there, but when you're doing it on like a dark match, in a way, well, I don't even know what it. I think it was on the YouTube show. On YouTube, it? yeah. I think it's a bit pointless, and against no one really. I don't know who it was she was against. I I, I don't okay, think I don't she was hurting her. I, I, I the the way I the, from what I can gather, I don't think she was taking liberties. I think she was just trying to work a different style, maybe. But I think it's just took a lot of people by surprise, maybe because it was on a free show and more people have seen it. I don't know. I'll counter that with. If she was against Jade Cargill or a Tony Storm or whoever, you know, uh, one of the, the sort of bigger deal women, Britt Baker, hmm. do you think she'd have worked that style with them? Do you think they'd have allowed her to ragdoll and, and, and throw her about and stiff them? Possibly not without without having pre-sort of meetings about it. Maybe maybe she, do you know what is, maybe she is taking liberties with a, with a young talent, but I don't know. I think it's one of them where it has sparked a lot of debate, hasn't it, on Twitter or whatever. Yeah, yeah and that's week. just what we're having. I'm not. I, I don't err on the side of anything. The only thing I thought was a bit much was was that drop because she landed fucking rough. Yeah, that was. And but I'd say that to with a bloke as well. Do you know what I mean? It's them yeah, landed, it was a li- you know, there was little bits where you think that is slightly reckless, but I don't know. I, I, she, to me, to me, when I've seen her in interviews, I, I I've never got the impression she's that type of person oh no me uh, neither so i don't I, I i don't think she'd have done that without you know discussing it with the with the other lady beforehand i could be wrong i could she might be completely might be a completely different person from what i've interpreted but i don't know it's one of them where it's like there's been a right big split about it hasn't it? i think it's more the sort of it's it, it's very much like the aw fans are trying to protect her whereas a lot of other people are saying mm, that's a bit a bit iffy i'm i'm a bit i'm a bit I'm more towards that. I don't think it was malicious or anything like that. But if it proved if if it was proven that she was, I wouldn't necessarily be surprised either. But it's yeah. one of them, isn't it? It's it's a difficult one actually. Yeah, I just I just thought it'd be an interesting topic to bring up with it being quite cretin like this week. I just thought because it's quite a hot topic in in the world hot of wrestling topic. at the moment. <laughs> hot topic. <laughs> Look at the adjectives. Deep bath. <laughs> Sponsored by Athena. <laughs> so yeah, it was just—I just thought it was interesting because you get you get the old old timey former wrestlers going fucking hell, and then you get like the AEW sort of more modern fan because yeah. they—I they, been... mean they're but they're the ones who like the Suzuki Joe shit where they're essentially just standing there and going hit me. That's uh, crap. That stuff. But I think I think it does stem away from how bad the women's division's been in AEW. That things like that do stand out. There was that other thing the other month where it was. I think it was that Sh- uh, Marina Shafir and Thunder Rosa where they were they were they were saying she was sandbagging her or whatever. I think I think that women's division is a bit of a mess, and I don't know why because there is talent in there. There is. I think I think the thing with Marina Shafir. I just think Marina Shafir is really not very She's good. Green. Very green. green, green as grass. Yeah, but yeah, it's it's an interesting one because, like I say, there is talent in that women's division, but it's just like 
they do fuck all with it. I don't know if it's frustration on the women's part if they are starting to get a bit frustrated in ring and they're just trying to make an impression. I don't know. Who knows? We don't know. We can just sort of debate it and you know, there's no there's no definitive conclusion really from our point of view. No. Who are we going for? It's quite light, isn't it? So it's gonna have to be it's gonna have to be Tony Khan or Jericho. Oh, it's definitely Tony Khan for for facilitating this more bonkers on. contract. <laughs> it's like yeah. United giving out a four year deal to Phil Jones, Jumbo, and he was fucking well past yeah. his sell by date. He never plays. He, he can't get him off his books because not even fucking Blackburn or anyone want to buy you know, him. You know how you know how Jericho got himself in really good shape the other month. Do you reckon that was because yeah. like contract renewal date was coming up and he's thinking, <laughs> "Fucking hell, I need to get this sorted." And now, like now, he's got like his his, his sort of mid to long term future sorted. He's going to pile the pounds back on again. <laughs> yeah, probably. Of course he is. <laughs> he's like, I'm pay- I'm paid for three years. Let's go insurrection. <laughs> but, so, uh, Tony Khan, for your umpteenth award, you are first ballot Hall of Fame with your boy Meltzer. <laughs> you are this week's credit of the week. Congratulations, well done. Another one. So, we're back on track. The juggernaut is rolling forward heftily. The Weed <laughs> World Woo Tour. It's another Woo Watch. Woo! So, uh, this week, old Ricky Flair is... He's ploughing through Illinois at Naperville Zen Leaf Dispensaries to sell his leaf. He will be styling and profiling his way through Illinois, apparently, in his oh, another hideous jacket. It's, he must have a, a fucking guy on tap saying, uh, make, the me the, make, me the, make me the worst, the worst tailor, make me the worst food jacket you've ever seen. Um, <laughs> and he's come out this with a pink flowery number that legitimately looks like grandma curtains. Do you remember when Ric Flair used to look really cool whenever he wore a suit, like proper like Armani style, like three piece? He started to wear <laughs> loafers with no socks on as well, which is ridiculous. He's now and then so he's at some convention again, possibly in Illinois, and the tweet was him sat on a throne <laughs> with just his gimmick t-shirts behind him. That's 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 Ric Flair's gimmick table. It's better than Virgil's. I mean, easily. <laughs> Wrestling superstar Virgil. <laughs> it looks to me, it's the same fucking t-shirt, just in different colours. And he's, he's just stood there and it says, king of everything. Woo. You're literally king of like that one area of the convention with your t-shirts, mate. King of, king of fucking advertisements. <laughs> well, well. Well, he's uh, he's he's been on it this week. He has absolutely been on it with the adverts. First one, the tweet was, get me mad. I said, get me mad. Check out this video and see what happens when I get mad. There is only one thing that truly sets me over the edge, and that's expensive car repair bills. But car, <laughs> but car shield can help. So I watched this video. They're all ice hockey players sat in, sat in the locker room. Flair comes in and he says, get me mad. And they say, wrestling's not real. You, your daughter's a slack. I don't know, whatever they, whatever they say to him. They're just saying all this shit to him. Daughter's a slack. <laughs> <laughs> and, um, fuck's sake. and he gives it something about car insurance. Like, you've had an accident and you can't get paid on your car insurance. And he gets really mad and he turns into the Flair Wolf. <laughs> 
no shit, in a fantastic parody of Michael J. Fox in, in Teen Wolf, he turns into the Flare Wolf in his ice hockey gear and goes out on, on the rink and starts pounding, fucking beating people up. <laughs> At 74 years old or what he is, whatever he is, 73. I'm pretty sure it was Ric Flair. I mean, come on. <laughs> <laughs> he put he put a guy in ice skates in a figure four for fuck's sake. It's got to be Ric Flair. <laughs> Good point. Don't yeah. ruin it. That, that's, no, that's, that's, that <laughs> no, they can't. No one. Not not even old Double J himself, as we will find out later. It's got. Yeah, it was a stun double. I'm only joking, obviously. But when you just thought, when you thought, oh well, there you go, Rick. It's another shameless advertisement and nailing the coffin of your career. You think he can't? He can't do worse than that. After Montevist, after Woo Wings, after you know Squeezy Bum, Squeezy daughter and son-in-law, after uh, after his weed, after everything else, those gold chains we've been mentioning around his neck. <laughs> they're, they're an endorsement deal as well. <laughs> they come from one place and one place only, guys. And if you don't have Jackson jewelry, you're an idiot. You are not woo worthy. No. <laughs> and sadly, these these chains are not poo worthy. <laughs> a bit shit, a bit tin pot. But according to old Richard, Jackson Jewelry is the only chains and bracelets you should be wearing or giving as a gift. Hashtag the perfect gift. So he's in the advert wearing another absolute horrendous blazer. He's got his sunglasses on. He's got what looks like his mum's collarette from the 40s on. <laughs> he's got this purple grey you know, fucking Jackson Pollock nightmare on. And his exact words were, you got to get a Jackson chain because look who wears it. Woo! And I'm looking at that going, yeah, I'm not going to get a Jackson chain. Look who wears it. (laughs) And he must have done it right after he'd had his last match because you can still see the fucking gig mark on his forehead. (laughs) (laughs) Rick, don't don't forget, you got that Jackson chains advert tomorrow, son. (laughs) Oh no, uh, do I get some free chains? <laughs> yeah, you get some free chains, gold plated chains. <laughs> got his brass he's samples just, around he's, his he's, neck. He's had a busy week, old Ricky, and he? he really has. Fucking hell. When you when, last week was a bit light, and you think, oh, maybe he's tailed off, maybe his energy's waned. No, no, no. He was he was pumping up the reserve for this week's absolute <laughs> fucking, you know, sideshow of atrocities. Fuck me. Honestly, oh, I don't I can't I can't cope with him. It's too much, Mark. It's too much. I, we might have to we might have to put a stop on it because <laughs> it's ruining him for you, isn't it? <laughs> well he's, he ruined himself for me years ago, but I think it's ruining my my mental health because <laughs> I don't know if I can take how much this guy likes cheap payday. But cheap payday, basically. He will advertise the fucking fillings in your teeth if he could. He's a fucking nightmare. <laughs> yeah, he's an absolute idiot. Jesus. He? Gives us a segment gonna... every week, doesn't he? <laughs> he? He does give us a segment every week, which I'm probably going to have to seek counselling for. <laughs> well, let's see what he does next week. Hopefully, he might have just been having a week next to the pool or something. But he when he's next to one. a pool... Yeah, but when he's next to a pool, he tends to be dancing with, like, 18-year-old girls with cocktails in their hands, doesn't he? Yeah, yeah he's true. like... He's, to his own gimmick tune, as always. Good point. Good point. 
Anyway, enough of uh, Ricky Flair. <laughs> Meat and two veg. It's Nitro, 7th of October, 1996, Savannah, Georgia. <laughs> WCW. <laughs> yeah! Elizabeth, she is apparently very distraught, but a lot of questions need to be answered. What do you mean she's apparently distraught? It's obvious she's with the new world owner. She's sitting in the middle of the lion's den, movie contracts on her lap, Hollywood Hulk Hogan offering her parts of the movie. We saw it. What do you mean? No controversy as far as I'm concerned. She's in the new world order. There's a lot more to that story, though. Let's wow. take a look at the footage as it happened a week ago. Right, so we've got old Laddie and Tony there back again, both in matching roll neck jumpers and jackets. Larry has to Larry has to go on further, and his has to be striped because he has yeah. to he has to look a bit of a knob at all times. They're, they're wondering what's going on with Liz. Yeah. Nobody knows. Larry says she's had she's she's definitely NWO. So she she has movie no contract offers. Yeah. No. And they recap the footage. Savage has no emotional control apparently, mm. which is pretty spot on. And mm. then the uh, the recap Saturday again. Fucking Harlem Heat and the champs again. <laughs> I couldn't believe that. I was starting to think, well, did they do a fuck finish in the match and they had to sort of refresh it? Do you know what I mean? No idea, but I love that. But yeah, so... <laughs> sw- switching it was fucking pointless in the first place. Yeah, waste of time. Why did they do it? Do you think they, do you think they did it and thought, fucking hell, that, that's going to be a shocker of a match, Public Enemy and National Hall. Let's go back yeah. to what the original plan was. <laughs> yeah. I bought, I bought the plan. I bought. <laughs> I bought, I bought. But speak, speaking of Harlem Heat, they're in action straight away, aren't they? They certainly are. Against the aforementioned pubic enema, but it's a non-title match. It's a non-title, non-title grudge, grudge, match. grudge match, yeah, because uh, on the Saturday show, old Colonel, Colonel Robert Parker caused them to lose the titles with his uh, cane. Yeah. So, you know what the weirdest thing was, though? It's specifically mentioned as a non-title match. Public enemy come down and they're going. We want those belt back, belts back. It's not on the line, mate. <laughs> yeah, you're not getting. You're not getting them, mate. Sorry. <laughs> and then he's and then Nick. I think it was Nicky Patrick held the belts up as well. It's not a fucking title match, lads. I'm so, yeah, but when he when he holds the belts up, he just sells his neck to fuck. So it always tickles me. <laughs> <laughs> he's he's proper running with the neck brace gimmick, isn't he? Fucking bestseller on the show, that guy. <laughs> No entrance for Harlem again. Bit disrespectful yeah. for your champions, isn't it? That was the weirdest part of it. You get the big two twats at the table entrance. Yeah. It's like they're just in the ring. Yeah. In quintessential. Yeah, in and the best the champions. And uh, disrespectful that. 
big time. Disrespectful. That made them look like the jobber tag team that were coming coming in to just like get squashed. Yeah, it did. You're right. Such a, such a weird dynamic. I know. I know they like the public enemy and the the pop they get, but fucking. They don't both enter. You need, <laughs> the champions need fanfare. The, the champions, for fuck's sake. I mean, I mean, it wasn't the best when they've had a match last time, was it? But what what do you reckon to this one? It takes a fucking age to start. Mm, a lot of yeah. pissing about. Lock up an arm work by Booker, then some standard punches by Grunge, his shoulder, uh, drop toe, elbow, double team spot that they do, which is probably the nicest bit of like tag team wrestling they do. It's the only bit they do yeah. that's any good. Really? Apart from that sort of assisted sent on off the ropes, that's their finish. Yeah, but... true. That's not too bad, I guess, I suppose. Not too bad. Then there's punches and stomps by Stevie. Rocco grabs a sherry and gets clocked. And there's a big pop for when he grabs sherry. Big pop. Yeah. The crowd fucking hates her. Then they go <laughs> to a break, obviously. So yep. There's a savage t-shirt ad. It says what the big boys wear. For fuck's sake. <laughs> and then it cuts to Liz knocking on Savage's door, dressed in black leather, which screams, I'm in NWO now. Yeah, the, na- the name on the name on Savage's dressing room is written in fucking marker pen. <laughs> you know it I mean? it look like a big deal at all. Do you remember when they used to have like backstage segments in WWF? Yeah, they'd have like their gimmick emblem and stuff. Yeah, like it was just like I, I reckon they've done it. Just they thought I reckon Savage like just gets changed with the boys, right? And they yeah. probably oh shit, he needs his own locker room just for this quick five second bit. <laughs> who's got who's got a sharpie? <laughs> Eric. <laughs> anyway, she walks in. He's not in. He's not home. He's uh, he's he's had enough of her. I think. So the, <laughs> we go back to the match. There's a side slam by Stevie and a side kick by Booker. Stevie and Sherry uh, sort Rocco outside and Booker distracts the chin lock, cutting off the ring. There's a hope spot. There's a front face lock. It's yeah. It was pretty. Yeah, it bored the shit out of me. I mean, there was a few good bits in it. Stevie distracts. Patrick says uh, there was no. Th- yeah, I like that bit where Stevie's distracting. Patrick says there was no tag when they get the tag, and uh, they cut Rocco off again. And I thought it was a nice little heat spot. The NWO show up in the stands, and uh, Scotty Hall has a mic. Mm. Hall and Nash, Ted DiBiase, Vincent. What they got a microphone? Hey yo, what? Harlem Heat. You two hillbillies. You want some of the outsiders, Chico? You're gonna get it. Yeah, in a couple of weeks, Slim Jim Halloween Havoc, we're gonna snap into them belts of yours. It's Halloween Havoc, Chico. It's gonna be awful scary. You know, I know why they wear these things on their nose now, because I can smell the fear. Your heat. The time is running. But don't forget, boys, you can smell the fear, but I can smell the money and those belts. Hey, heat, Halloween Havoc, it's going to get real, real hot. Typical NWO style here. I have We're no idea. Get you. Ready or not, here we come. We're gonna get you. 
You know, it looks like they're, they're doing their best you. to try to distract the heat, but I don't think it's working. They're going to get you. Very intimidating. There you see six up there as well. See it havoc, boys. The NWO in the building making a statement. Hey, yo. <laughs> so he like says... He says hillbillies, but is he calling Harlem Heat hillbillies or public enemy hillbillies? No idea. I think he might have been referring to the crowd. Yeah, fair on anything. I don't know, really. He says, you want the outsiders, you're going to get it. Then Nash pipes in. He says, that Havoc, you're going to stack something. I didn't catch what he it's said. A little bit crowd noise, yeah. Yeah. Well, suddenly the crowd is picking up everything, isn't it? Yeah, that's true. He mentions, he he mentions he could, the he nose. Could, he could smell the money, which I quite like. That was good. Because... Because Nash said he uh, them stupid plasters on your nose. I can you smell? I can. That's because you can smell the fear or something. Yeah. Yeah, and he smells the money from the belts. And he, that's at the end of the day. Dibiase is great because he makes it. He's he's the backer. He's the money man, and he makes it all about money. The belt. Yeah. If you've got the belts, you therefore are, are a bigger draw, and you earn more money. Hard, you earn more money. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Then Hall just says we're going to get you, and I'm just, yeah, ended a bit shit. That I was, I was, I was expecting it's something flat, a bit more it? witty. Yeah, it's I, thought I wanted something flat. a bit more witty, a bit more. Done, you know, I didn't think it worked than being in the crowd though. Didn't work for me. No, because the two fuckers in the ring paid literally no attention to him. They didn't care. They were wrestling. Yeah, they just all cracked on, didn't they? It wasn't really. <laughs> there was no read for it. Really, it was a bit silly. But yeah, as you say, that like, Booker didn't really miss a beat when he was all kick when they were all talking, did he? He was pretty much just. Cracking on yeah, in the ring, focused. Just, these irrelevant fuckers up there. <laughs> um, well, there was a double double screen gimmick, and I didn't pay much attention because I was trying to sort of grasp what they were saying. Mm. There was a lariat by Booker, and then he misses a forearm. Rocco tags into literally no pop, <laughs> literally nothing. It was fucking. That fifteen minutes of fame didn't last long, did it? Oh god, I, I think people <laughs> just realised how shit they are. Uh, grunge <laughs> cleans up. There's a double bulldog by Rocco, which I thought was quite nice. Sherry distracts. Parker shakes Rocco off the top. Chop block, chair to his already injured knee, Johnny Grunge. And then a, a top rope knee drop on the chair. Now, to me, that would hurt who's giving the move as much more as the person the taking the move, if not more, yeah. yeah. It was a bit shit, but it was more to further angles, really, than anything else, I guess, because it wasn't a rematch in terms of title rematch was it so I don't understand why it wasn't just a title match though I've no idea honestly what, what, what was why did you why if they were going to have Harlem Heat win just put it as a title match and have them defend the belts do you know what I mean it doesn't really make a difference does it they still won I think it's the not only really reason, a blow off either because it was a the only reason, the, only, the only reason that you would have it as a grudge match is to keep the belts on Harlem but then the the public enemy get a win back or something like that and then you could have a yeah. final match for the title. It was a bit odd, that very strange decision. But um, after that, we get um, a limo pulling up outside. You're thinking, who is it? NWO? Is it Hogan? Is it is it Giant? Blah blah blah. Out comes Double J, Jeff Jarrett, Glargay. <laughs> that's 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 another that's another gimmick that we can't re- we can't be stealing that. <laughs> that is it is funny as fuck, but we can't be stealing that. <laughs> He comes out and he's sort of he looks all business. To be fair, does uh, Jeff Jarrett with his with his white hair? It's an it's an abysmal haircut. <laughs> it's oh, it's fucking dreadful, honestly. <laughs> I 
I've I've got a lot of issues with Jarrett. <laughs> I really yeah. do. Yeah, and I know. <laughs> so yeah, we'll, we'll get we'll get into them later. Yeah, we we then get a little a, a sort of recap of a promo from Nicky Patrick on the Saturday show. He said he wants to take back control in WCW. He said said he's issuing. I don't know how he's got the power to do this. But he's issuing the largest fine in the history of pro wrestling, laying down a fine of one million dollars. One million dollars. To, um, you were going to say that. <laughs> to, uh, to Macho Man. Uh, if I didn't, you'd be disappointed, I think. Um, I would have been. <laughs> he also wants him to suspended. I don't know where Nicky Patrick thinks he's getting all this power from, to be honest. He's um, a megalomaniac. And then he also had a little dig at old contract stalling Gene as well. I don't know if you heard that. Well, it makes out like he got rid of Gene, didn't he? Mm. He's nowhere he to be seen, Gene. <laughs> that was quite good. That was quite a good way to further why he was off telly. I thought it was quite good. That I think Nicky Nick Patrick is quality. I love <laughs> him. Well. He's, he's great. Quality, yeah. He's really good. He's and, one of the um, best parts of the show. His angles like one of the most long running but most intriguing things on the show, isn't it? Hundred <laughs> percent. And it's mad how a referee can get over like that. I know it's crazy, but um, we we get another man that we're a big fan of next. Mr. Diamond Dallas Page. Old um, sexy Rudy Voller. <laughs> um, he's coming up against a man who features on the show an awful lot, to be honest. Jim Powers. I won't do the, the Austin Powers reference this time. <laughs> but he's accompanied by uh, old Teddy Long, the balloon head. He's getting fatter every what week. <laughs> they're abs- they're just, they're, it's so weird how much they absolutely love loving Jim Powers on telly. He's on telly every week, isn't he? Yeah, he's he's very much there as as an enhancement man. I think he's just I don't know. He just looks. He look, he's a big dude. And I think he's just one of them guys that you can get people uh, over by beating a big dude, basically. Mm, yeah, but it's it's always a pleasure to see our DDP back on the screen, isn't it? Uh, thoughts on this one? So we get DDP out oozing charisma, and then we get no fucking charisma, Jim Powers. It was an ultimate contrast. Yeah, I've got I've got a little bit of putting over of Jim Powers to do. He does a, a seven point three on the steamboat. Mm. Not bad, not bad. Not bad at all. It's a f- full Nelson by Page, robbing off Ice Train. Shocking. That's what. <laughs> that's all he was doing last week. He was just studying Ice Train, I think. <laughs> Powers well, breaks he's free. Fine athlete, isn't he? Let's be honest. That's it. He's he is mint. Powers breaks free and kicks Page. There's a lock up again. Page works a hammerlock and reverse by Powers. He's completely out muscling him, which is great because you know Page is an absolute great chicken shit bumping heel. Yeah. It's a headlock and shoulder by Powers, and then we have a, a inset pre-tape from Page, which the grunts of the match completely sort of made it. Yeah, a bit inaudible. It. Yeah. He got a bit racist. He was promoing Eddie. He called him Burrito Boy twice. <laughs> uh, he says, I hope you've recovered from that diamond cutter I gave you at the Clash. That was good. So it was, And then he said he's going to put something on him that Ajax won't take off. Bang. <laughs> a- Ajax is a cleaning product, I do believe, from, and, uh, from yeah. sort of old days. It's good. The bits that, there was well, a bit of problem with audio, didn't they, tonight? It's a bit like two in a row where it was like the, the Hall and Nash one could, couldn't really hear it. And then that one as well, you, there was bits and pieces you missed out with the DDP. And some of the bits that you did hear, apart from the stereotypical comments you mentioned, other than that, it was, it was pretty good from what I heard. 
Oh, yeah, yeah. I mean, his delivery's always cracking. But yeah. I think with the audio stuff, they've, they decided to put inset pre-tapes during a the match. There's obviously noise coming off the ring. And mm. then they've put the NWO in the crowd. There's noise coming off the crowd. It just, yeah. it just didn't work. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, there's no reason why they couldn't have put that page promo before the match, could they? No. They could have should done have, that. They should, have, they should have done that, yeah. Then uh, old Jimmy Powers gets a, get a gets a bit of offence and he gets a, a roll-up for two, gets a crossbody for two, and then the full Nelson is put on him, on him again by Page, and yeah. we, then we realise why he, he started doing the full Nelson because you can reverse it and bang, diamond cutter done. Amazing, that. Another little innovative way of... <laughs> Excuse me, he does it every time, week, doesn't he? Uh, he's fucking mint. He's absolutely mint. He's got to be one of the most underrated guys in ring I've ever seen. I, th- I, I think so. He's fucking superb, and he's he's got everything he's not you want. Overly technical, though, is he? He's not like overly technical, so people don't rave about him in that way. He was never like top tier, you know, Austin Rock megastar. He was he was no. top of the card in WCW, but. He was never like the mega star, was it? It was always Hogan, Goldberg, you know, whoever. Sting. Yeah. None of them um, are as good as him. Well, no, Flair. I think he gets... Flair is and stuff like that. But... Well, Flair, obviously, but yeah. he, he sort of got lost in the shuffle. He gets lost in the shuffle when you talk about quality. And I watched him the other night on um, that Tales from the Territories. He was on the AWA one where he started out as a manager. And he's like six foot six. And mm. they were saying to him, Fucking hell, you're the biggest manager I've ever seen. You're going to make, like, your talent look shit and dwarfy and, you know, like, yeah. you're going to completely overshadow him. And that's why he tried again to be a wrestler because apparently he tried when he was younger and he'd fucked his knee up or something. But... I'm glad he tried again because that's that's one of my favourite parts of Nitro, watching him. Yeah, I love a bit of DDP. Do, really do. That uh, that full Nelson converted to the diamond cutter was superb. Sumptuous. It, it was absolutely beautiful, wasn't it? He just comes up with every new ways to uh, to do it every week. Obviously, that gets him the free because that is possibly the most protected finisher on the show. Um, it is, yeah. And maybe um, over the, maybe the figure four, but yeah, true. But there's a little bit of argy bargy between him, him and Teddy Long in the in the aftermath as well. <laughs> Poops him right <laughs> up the ass. It was great. <laughs> Teddy gets right little battering, doesn't he? Bless him, <laughs> and he grips him. Kisses his hand and slaps his ass, saying like, kiss my ass kind of thing. <laughs> it wasn't his best match, but you know, job well done. Yeah, does it does its job? Do you know what I mean? It was, it, it was what it was. I can't well, wait for him and Eddie. Oh god, no! Him and Eddie at Halloween could be really, really fucking good. Yeah, I think that's yeah. the match I'm looking forward to most. Halloween, I think. To be fair, I think that and another one that we'll talk about later, but. But that in particular for in ring, I'm really looking forward to that. I just find it intriguing. It's something that I definitely want to watch just to see how they how they mesh. And we and we talked about it, didn't we? We were like, oh, I'd love to see them two maybe work together, but you never thought it might happen. But I'm just, yeah, I'm really looking forward to that one. Because if you think right, if you if you say, look at it, this it's, this is a very probably a very boring way of looking at it, and probably quite stereotypical. But if you take Chavo as like a less good Eddie, yeah, they had and good matches. Yeah, yeah. Imagine what you can do with like someone who's that sort of style, but infinitely better in the ring, right? Yeah. So it, that's not me it. saying Chavo shit. I'm just saying Eddie's obviously Eddie was fucking obviously better. Yeah, one of the best of all time. Yeah, exactly. However, um, then we got something <laughs> extremely weird. Yeah, Mike Tanay calls out Randall Savage, <laughs> and he brings fucking Nigel Mantle out with him. <laughs> That's what I was 
Ali dressed in the gimmick and everything. American Nigel Mansell. He looked like he looked like Mansell driving for McLaren in his red. Honestly, it's fucking dreadful. And then he promos Halloween Havoc and the match with Flair. He said he's been in Charlotte, the town, not Flair's daughter. He only does that with people who own the company. Allegedly. Allegedly. <laughs> Apparently the Nigel Manson guy is called Jason Keller. There is far too much fucking NASCAR going on for my life. Yeah. They must have had a deal on with NASCAR, mustn't they? It's just like there's something to do with that every week, isn't there? Yeah, and it's fucking pony. And then he asked how the NWO car did. And he said it's a wall. It's quite funny well, that. Another one for the good guys. <laughs> I found that bit really funny because I think I think DiBiase and Nat and Hall were there. <laughs> I think they were at yeah, the yeah. rest. <laughs> what popped me more was him going. Where did the Slim Jim finish? Did he finish in the top twenty-five? And I, I'm like, is that a thing? The top twenty-five. I'm thinking that shit. If he finished in the top twenty-five, how many fucking cars are there? The and then he's like, did we finish in the top twenty? <laughs> yeah. Did we finish in the top fifteen? Top 15 is not really a thing. Did we finish in the top 12? That isn't a thing. The top 12 isn't a thing. No, Unless there's not. 12 of you. And then you're dead fucking paddy last, aren't you? So they finished 10th. They're still not that great. I was just thinking, is that good? 10th? <laughs> I don't know what well, NASCAR's like, because I, I think a lot of crashes happen, so maybe it is good. I don't know. I don't know. How many, how many people do you lose like per race? It's like, Oh, 90 got wiped. No, 88 got wiped out. Top 12. <laughs> Lovely stuff. <laughs> Fucking weird. I've never bothered with it. It just looks shit. It, it looks proper shit. Basically just a NASCAR advert this segment, wasn't it? Pretty much. And then Liz rocks up and he says, no, what's done is done and fucks off. <laughs> and uh, Larry, Larry had a new um, pun. Did you hear it? Uh, you know, he does the new yes. world odour. <laughs> He said, uh, oh, it's a good job, good job, NWO had Kyle Sweaty. <laughs> <laughs> Kyle Sweaty. It's like, it's a, do you know why I do the pubic enema thing? Because it's what I imagine Larry would call them if he was allowed to. Because it's just yeah, shit. Would. It's just shit, isn't it? Yeah, it's proper shit. <laughs> Speaking of shit, though, um, hey. here comes high voltage. <laughs> Danger. Did you see how many fucking puns they got in with them? They come out and it's like lime green and lame as fuck. And then they're like, the supercharged, the high energy. And it's like, any, any more, Larry? Any more have you got? Coming out, coming out of electricity. <laughs> yeah. Fucking hell. But they're facing... Look at, um... look at the ohms on them two. <laughs> coming up against the faces of fear with old Jimmy Hart, as usual. Yo. And Meng speaking pure gibberish into the camera. No idea what he's saying. Is it me or is the last sort of two or three weeks, Meng, when he's been on, he's just looked like an angry bastard and he's really fucked off and he's more <laughs> ruthless than, than ever. Yeah. He just looks like he wants to kill people. Yeah, he does. <laughs> I don't know if they've told him to do that purposefully or something because he, he was a bit pointless, wasn't he, on the show before before this last few weeks? Uh, no, he was wonderful. <laughs> Sorry. Sorry, Meng. Re- remember. Remember, he might be listening. You never know. <laughs> yeah, good point. Good point. So they start it off hot from behind and they sort of just get, take take a few liberties of the old high-voltage boys. Um, just a touch. Just clubbing them in, in summer. In summer. Like, it was like a caveman clubbing a 
the oh yeah in one of those films clubbing a small dinosaur or something, just smacking the shit out of it. Um, they give them fuck all, don't they? <laughs> <laughs> pretty much. Pretty much. We also get told that Jeff Jarrett's wrestling tonight, which is great, which is exciting. Uh, uh, even when I always get this, like the, the smallest little shimmer of hope, they just completely no sell it. I think Meng had a big boot to the face, and he just, he just sort of shrugged it off and just went getting straight back in. Yeah, um, doesn't care. And then like Benoit, Mongo, and Deborah just randomly just start watching in the aisle. And then we get oh, a double God, screen gimmick just to watch them watching the match and the match. What's the point? Well, I was just looking at Roboto going, is she gonna is she gonna do something wooden? She Oh gosh, she is. She's yeah. doing a favourite thing, wasn't she? The four tea and coffee. <laughs> but they both sort of tag in and out, big clotheslines, pump handle slam. Brutal that pump handle slam. He just yeah. tossed him out like yesterday's dog shit, didn't he? Yeah, I mean, like, like I was saying, they, they took a few liberties. I mean, if you're going to talk about stiff, let's watch this match. Not not a female. Oh, yeah. They get driven into the corner, sit out power bound by Meng. Slightly messy that one, but yeah, it's fine. Don't worry, Meng. Barb back in power bomb from him too. Ping gets broken up, and then a sort of pretty rubbish looking big boot by Barbarian to the back of the head. Oh, I like I like that finish. Did you? Mm. Where he sling slingshots him straight into the boot. I thought it was great. Yeah, I thought he looked a bit pony, to be honest. Really? Yeah. Right, that... I think I think the power bombs look better. I think they'd have been better finish. Oh yeah, they look fucking just absolutely ragdolling them to the to the mat one. Yeah. Well, obviously, obviously, we were new faces of fear. We we're going to win, but they win through that that big boot that we slightly disagree on. <laughs> I, thought, um, I thought it was a nice little squash. I mean, it wasn't great, but you know, it was it was it did it did its job, didn't it? It's power plant gla- um, guys enhancement. I wonder what my high voltage did to upset someone because that's twice in a week now they've been absolutely nailed by two teams. It's been green, haven't they? Just 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 <laughs> turning up. <laughs> oh, um, fuck them up. Yeah, but then again, it doesn't get any better after that, does it? Let's be honest. Um, oh fuck me! So right, um, oh, we're on to this gimp. So it's Mike Wedder, whoever that is, some nondescript job guy. Versus no, the most expensive waste of money in pro wrestling history, Glacier. Apparently, his helmet's over 300 years old, and I just thought, it just isn't, is it, Larry? Just shut up. It just it's isn't. It's like polystyrene or something. <laughs> it? <laughs> it's, like it's been made by some donut in the back. It's it's paper mache. <laughs> they've just, they've just, what they've done when Farouk got rid of his helmet, they just sort of modified it. He was like, John, this. Yeah, go on. Farouk Assad. <laughs> For who? Um, <laughs> Glacier gets a, a slimmer of a reaction this week compared to the other weeks when it was pretty much crickets. I put, does he get a pop? Question mark. I couldn't tell. It was a very small one. It wasn't. You know, we're not talking Tarrant here, but it was. It was. There was flickerings of excitement for some reason. We're not, we're not even talking Eamon Holmes, mate. <laughs> Philip Schofield. <laughs> <laughs> he, he, his pops, his pop always pushes in a bit, doesn't it? <laughs> He's got to take. Have you noticed how he literally has to take off about six garments of clothing before he even gets in the ring? He's got to take his skirt off. He's got to take his belt off. His his fucking helmet, his face mask. It's fucking ridiculous. He's like COVID before COVID, wasn't he? <laughs> he just fucking prats around in the ring, right? 
And then yeah. when the music stops, it's like, oh, it is booze. <laughs> it is booze. <laughs> They're just groaning. Absolutely. Yeah, it was, wasn't it? Dog shit. I put here, it doesn't take the crowd long to get the booze going. <laughs> it's just it like, was, honestly, he I actually hated myself for watching it. <laughs> he actually tried to do some wrestling moves this time, and like, and like Larry's trying to put it over, and he's like, oh, look at that great, like, look how great that was, that, that, that drop toe hold and all this. And it's like, the crowd's just shouting, boring, like, boring, boring, <laughs> proper, not into it whatsoever. Shitty looking Springbrook crossbody outside gets him in the ring, hits his crap version of the sort of uh, the the Alistair Black kick with no like no excitement or pace to it or power behind it. It's just it's like he's like it, it looks proper choreographed. You know what I mean, it looks shit, and he gets the win again. His unbeaten streak continues, and he, then he starts doing all this shadow boxing again in in the fucking kickboxing and stuff. It's it's absolutely disgraceful. It's so bad. Who thought this was a good idea? Eric Bischoff. Well, I know, but like, what, what was he thinking? <laughs> what was he actually thinking? Well, we've, we've realised over a number of weeks that Eric doesn't really think. <laughs> no, it, not really. That, til- that tilt a whirl he did was sloppy as shit, and he just drops him on his face. It yeah, was horrendous. It was garbage. Really bad. And he's every week now, isn't he? He's pretty much like I almost I almost miss the days of the uh, the vignettes. I want them back <laughs> after uh-huh. watching match, watching how many matches. But then he dicks around for like a minute as they're counting down. I know for the second it's like, hour. It's like Glacier Sun. Just keep it going for another thirty seconds, mate. Yeah. We have got to wait for this uh, timer. <laughs> just do a bit of improv, kid. <laughs> Bischoff's just wait. Go on, go on. Keep doing it. Keep doing it. Go on. But they actually get the timing right somehow. Again with the second hour, at least Bischoff's like, oh, I'm, I'm close, I'm close. Glacier, carry on, <laughs> just, just, just go on, some, go on, some. 30 more seconds. <laughs> they come on, and, and Bischoff says that he thinks Jarrett's in the NWO just because he pulled up in a limo. No one uh, cares about Jeff Jarrett, I don't <laughs> understand why that happened on about the cunt. I know, was he has he just come straight from WWF at this point? Because I'm not quite sure of the timeline with it. I don't know if it's straight. I think a couple of months after, probably. I think right. he, I think he was. I don't know if he had one of them known competes. I don't know if that was a thing back then, but possibly. Yeah. Had he been? I, I, I get, I, I get confused with Jeff Jarrett because he's been everywhere and he, like, he's been all over the place. So he goes mm. back. He goes back to WWF after this, doesn't he? Am I right in thinking yeah. that? Yep, then he goes back to WCW when Russo yeah, becomes so the first time he comes to WCW, obviously. I don't uh, know if he's been there before. I, I couldn't say if he's been there before. Because he comes back to WWF when that NWA invasion with Cornet and the Rock and Roll Express and all that, he's like the North American heavyweight champion. Oh, right. And then he goes back to WCW maybe, then I think he goes back to WWF and then, uh, fuck knows. I remember him cutting a, a promo about Austin. Like he was ever gonna get put in a main event with Austin about him, yeah. you know, like being blasphemous the three sixteen thing. I remember that, but the time like he, he's he's he was like with companies, he's like the big show is with fucking heel face turns, just like flip flopping. Yeah, I mean um, this this should be absolutely wank this match. Well, that's what I was thinking. Hugh Morris, who I despise. Well, we both despise him, to be honest. Uh, versus the debut, the, the debut in Jeff Jarrett. So I, I think it was his first time there, but from what they were saying, unless Possibly. he was under a different name, I don't know. What Jeff Jarrett? <laughs> Jarrett Jeff. 
Bischoff says he got a call from Jarrett a few months ago to get one shot on Nitro, and this was his one shot or something. So he knew about it the entire time, so I don't know why he was trying to act all surprised. It's stupid. And this is possibly the only time I'll ever want Jeff Jarrett to win a match. <laughs> yeah. uh, he's doing his sort of his, his budget flair strut. He's loving that oh, strut. Massively. <laughs> he is. It's, I've, I've actually quoted that. It's, uh, it's more blacket than flair. <laughs> I mean, just the fucking state of him. That mullet. That ring gear is awful, isn't it? Yeah, the tune. He may as well out may as well come out fucking shagging his sister. It's so inbred hillbilly redneck king bollocks. It's dreadful. <laughs> I'm not sure that I'd have got through the sort of uh, the quality control. Quality, check quality control. Yeah. <laughs> uh, on to QC, Jeff. <laughs> have, you your have you got your sister? Uh, <laughs> I'm coming out fucking my sister. Uh, yeah, can't get away with that on TBS, I'm afraid, Jeff. <laughs> hey, we'll but just put you in this horrid jimpy outfit. <laughs> he had that outfit in, in the WWE as well, though. It's awful, it really is. I don't even understand what it is. Spends his days working hard on the go. <laughs> uh, pretty cocky from Jarrett. In, you know, sort of puts his foot up on the on the turnbuckle and stuff, saying this is too easy. Suppose that was a bit of it character. Get a bit of heat. It does get a bit of heat, to be fair. Yeah, but I thought he was meant to be a babyface. I guess he isn't. We'll have to see. He, he, he literally struts about six times in this match, I'm pretty sure. There's no need for it. He, he hits a nice drop kick, to be fair to him. Power slam by Morris. He goes up top for his little fat boy. I thought he was going for his fat boy moonsault. So did uh, I. But then he, he goes for a fat boy leg drop. Jarrett sort of steps up. He sort of sits up and moves. Take sits up like Taker style and sort of laughs it off. You know, he points to his head saying, look, it's all up here. And then he locks in a figure four. I didn't know he did that, to be fair. Is that a movie oh, he always did? Yeah, he's... He's, he's, he's proper Flair, Flair parody, Rogers. Well, but but yeah, but Flair's a Buddy Rogers take on Buddy Rogers, isn't it? It's all... That's where the original Nature Boy thing came and everything. But, like, Flair just did it better. There's a lot yeah. of them, Nature Boy, Buddy Rose. No, Nature Boy, Buddy Landell, sorry. A few of them did it, like the whole mm. Nature Boy, Buddy Rogers gimmick, but Flair the was... Nature Boy, Jeff Jarrett. Well, he's, <laughs> that's, that's what he's trying to be. I just... and Yeah, but when Hugh Morris is coming back, like he does a little comeback, Hugh Morris, and that Bischoff's going, that's it, it's over, NWO's over. And I'm like, one, he's not NWO, and two, Hugh Morris is the guy to vanquish the NWO. Fuck off. <laughs> Yeah, that was fucking outrageous. That one, it was just like any win we can get. <laughs> and that he does, um, he does a kick that Bischoff gets absolute chubbies over. <laughs> he does, he's like, oh, it's a, it's a reverse back side kick, and then he comes back and goes, uh, uh, no, actually, it was a reverse back front kick or something like that, and he got it wrong. I'm like, you, <laughs> he was embarrassed about getting it wrong, wasn't he? Bless him. <laughs> yeah, good. Uh, so yeah, Jeff Jarrett gets a debut win. Shivani's down on the aisle way to ask him, you know, he's asking him if he's he's a part of the NWO. Shivani, take it, guys. All right, Eric, thank you very much. And yes, you guys are right. It was a most impressive debut here on WCW Monday Nitro for Jeff Jarrett making his world championship wrestling debut. But and I say world championship wrestling, we saw you arrive in the black limousine. And it's apparent to all of the announcers that you are part of the NWO. But I need to ask you, are you another in the long line of these vandals that are coming out of the woodwork of the NWO? What's the story, Jeff Jarrett? 
Well, Tony Schiavone, I'm going to give you the answer, and I'm going to make a few statements in reply to a few things that Hulk Hogan has been saying the last couple of months. Tony Hulk Hogan, because I've had a few months off and I've had time to reflect and listen. And Hulk, you said that you were bigger than the wrestling industry itself. You said that you made the wrestling business. You said if it wasn't for you, that promoters like Vern Gagne in Minneapolis would have never existed. That if it wasn't for you, that my father, Jared Jared, another promoter in Tennessee, if it wasn't for you, he wouldn't have existed. Well, you didn't put one meal on my father's table and you damn sure didn't put any food on my table. No sorry. You know, it seems like you seem to forget about history. You forget you, Hulk Hogan. You started in Tennessee. Hogan, history might not mean anything to you. The names like Ric Flair, Dusty Rhodes, the Funks, the Briscoes. I could go on and on. History doesn't mean much to you, but it means something to me. So maybe Sting said it best a couple of weeks ago. Hulk Hogan, you and the rest of the NWO can stick it. How about that? Huh. How about that? He speaks directly to to Hogan. He like he questions Hogan the other week, saying, you know, you made wrestling and all this, and and then he's saying that he never put a meal on him or his father's table. No, basically, Hogan said Hogan said that wrestling was nothing before him. He sort of invented wrestling. Mm. And because Jeff Jarrett's dad owned the Memphis territory, he was saying like you started in Memphis when you were full call. Mm. You never put any you never put food on mine or my dad's table because it wasn't down to you why we got paid and we got fed, I think. That's what he's trying to get at. Well that's quite good then, actually, to be fair. It wasn't a bad promo, to be fair. My issue with Jarrett, he can You don't wrestle. mind him in ring. No, he can wrestle. He's, he can wrestle. He's a, he's, he's a classic Southern worker, right? He's like a Brad Armstrong or, you know, one of them guys, like a Tracy Smothers or someone, someone who can, who's like solid in-ring. Yeah. Like, he can go. But he's always had that I'm main event thing in his head because when he started, it was in his dad's promotion and he ended up being main event there. So when he went to the WWF, he thought he should be main event there. And he's nowhere near. And then he goes to WCW. Thought he should be main event there. Nope. Went back, flip flops. And the only time he was main event in a large company was when Russo was booking it in WCW, and he had Carte Blanche. And then he what he, he thought he was main event that much. He started his own company and basically fucking Vern Gagne it and put the title on him for fucking forever in nine days. Yeah. So that he's he's not main event. He's he's solid. He's a good wrestler, but. You know, he's nothing special, and that's why I have issue with him. I think he's a bit of a knob. <laughs> <laughs> and he robbed Kurt Angle's missus as well. Yeah, it's pretty... Which pretty surprising that Kurt, Kurt Angle didn't absolutely tear him apart like a chicken wing. I know. I'm, I couldn't believe that, though. Yeah, they did the, they did the angle on telly as well, didn't they, with it? I was surprised Kurt agreed to that. I think, I think Kurt being how he was at the time with his dependency issues... Hmm. Probably thought, you know, you know, I probably deserve it. Maybe. Probably maybe. put his message through a bit of shit. Yeah, good point. We get after that though, we get the t shirt ad again for NWO. <laughs> I think that's the that's the only bit about it that I'll enjoy watching every time. But um Yeah. The giant pisses me off in that advert. He ruined it after after the first one. Then we get um the renegade uh versus everyone's favourite granddad. 
Arn Anderson. He's not a granddad. <laughs> he's proper dad on nights, mate. Well, he's granddad now, isn't he? Surely. Well, he is now. He's a shit one, but he must be. Bobby Bobby <laughs> Heenan fellates the fuck out of him, and rightly so. Oh, oh he does. He absolutely he gets a good pop as well. A really oh, good God. pop. And I have to I have to say, there's a new winner. There is a new winner of the Tarrant Pop. It's been strangleheld by uh, Macho Man and Luger for weeks, but we get a man who's fully deserving of the Tarrant Pop, and that is Mister Mister Ad Anderson Double A. So, what are you going to say, the Renegade? <laughs> no, I think I think it was a really good reaction. Him and Luger had good ones, but I just felt this one was a bit more. It was a bit more ferocious. I don't know if it, it was. It, it was. It was meatier. Yeah, it was. It was a bit more. Whoa. One of them bad boys. Apparently, the Renegade beat Arn for the TV title last year. Yeah, I couldn't Who believe that. that. Who the hell booked that? He let it simmer. <laughs> Arn, I, I love this bit by Arn. He um, he he sort of sat on the rope and he offered him a chance to get out. He was like, "This is your last chance, son. Do you want to step out of the <laughs> ring?" Love that. That's so good. And he started doing those like you know that you know when those star jumps. Daniel Bryan did them last year when he when he was on that really good heel run. I'm guessing yeah. that's where Daniel Bryan got it from. Most um, likely, but I think it's probably it's just it's probably just a classic heel move, isn't it? The way he did it, it was very, it was really similar to way to way uh, Danielson does it. But yeah, I thought uh, Arn was Bryan super. Dallas Green. <laughs> that was a, that was a funny um, realization, wasn't it? On the other week, <laughs> I just think Arn is just top of the top of the range, and he's just every week. Even in a, even against the absolute shit house in Renegade, he's must watch telly for me. Savor him though. We've got about a year. I know, I know. That's the sad thing. But at least at least we've got that year. Arn sort of just digs in vicious offense to begin with. He always looks so dominant when he's on top. You know, when he's just laying in hard shots and kicks and working body parts and stuff like that. He cuts off a sunset flip attempt with an absolute clubbing shot. Like massive, <laughs> yeah, does, yeah. like clubbing effort over the top of the head, <laughs> and then you get an example of how you actually work a headlock slash chin lock by Han Anderson yep. <laughs> compared to the old uh, M Wall Street attempts. <laughs> that elevation that he got on that when he, yeah. when he, when he fucking I love brilliant. it when I love it when people do that. It's such a simple thing, but it just looks so cool. I've literally put chin lock and works it. Lovely to see. Lovely to yeah. see. <laughs> I mean, it, it, it's pretty simple, isn't it? It's about as simple as you can get in wrestling. But I, um, I think simplicity is the sometimes is the most important thing, isn't it? Wall uh, Street does it because he's knackered. That you know that you know it's a rest hold when Wall Street does it. Yeah, probably. And Arn's just like he's just breaking him down limb by limb. He's working the li- he's working the arms, legs. You can see how much of an influence Arn Anderson's had on like so much of like modern day. Especially people like Randy, Randy Orton, he used to do that a lot with the, you know, the stomping the feet and the arms. He's so underrated. Like I know, I know he's, I know he's like a, you know, everyone loves him. But when you actually watch him, he's such a good in ring guy, and he. And this was one of the best calls of the night by by Bobby Heenan. Renegade got a little bit of offense in, and he got a bit cocky, and then Bobby and he, and he sort of didn't, he didn't capitalize, and Bobby went, oh, he's just lost this match right now. He's taking too much time. And he's yep. he's not capitalising. That was a great um, bit of commentary. And cuts him off, and it's that absolute devastating DDT for the three. Brilliant. Just it just cements Arn as an absolute killer and an absolute methodical bastard. But also made Renegade look 
again, infinitely better than he actually is. Yeah, yeah, somehow. You know, it takes some doing to make that guy look good, doesn't it? Let's be honest. I thought it was great. Yeah. I never thought I'd ever say that about a Renegade match, but <laughs> when you're putting him in with someone who's... We, we say top tier a lot, but this guy is top fucking tier across all bases. Yeah. He's so fucking good. It's ridiculous. And this is in the sort of twilight of his career. He's like in his 40s here. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? It's just some of the stuff he did. That chin lock was brilliant. The fucking... Like just choking with the boot and just the methodical... Yeah. Everything about it was... It made sense. There's no wasted motion. It was... Fucking great, and Lou Diamond Phillips too, aka the <laughs> Renegade. Looks like he could have actually beat him, and he, it's, that's a great heel. Yeah. Then he sticks him in the tree of woe and stomps some mud all in him, and woman is holding his hair as he does it, which I thought was lovely little bit, little touch yeah, to it. Good. And then old uh, Jurgen Lord Woodentop runs in. And Arm bails like a classic heel, and uh, it gets a pop. And then Arn's just winding Lord Woman. Wouldn't top up, I thought it was a really good TV match. And Arn Anderson is just gold, regardless who he's in with. Yeah. And a good, nice, nice furthering of their angle as well, I think. Yeah. Well, this is what I mean. It was a lot of the angles at pay per views, a lot of the matches are called matches in the pay per view. And this is a nice, there's some there. I mean, Arn Anderson. I'm actually quite looking forward to the Arn Anderson Luger match. If you can get yeah. a decent match out of Renegade, he's got to get something out of Luger. He's got to. Well, that's, I've seen Flair do it. That's why I was saying that's worth possibly. That's one of the other matches I'm really looking forward to, just because of the build. You know, they've, they've had a nice. It's just been bubbling away. Not nothing like crazy or anything like that. I feel like that's a match I'm more excited for than Savage and Hogan, for example. Because um, yeah, you know it's going to be pony. Yeah. Sadly. Um, but yeah, I just think that Arn's could, could, could probably get some out of Luger. I'm, I'm quite interested to see it go down. Then we get Luger we, himself yeah, against uh, yes. Dave Taylor, Dave Taylor. <laughs> <laughs> with chives. <laughs> Who gets battered? <laughs> yeah, he boots him, boots him down the fucking aisle. Then he just uppercuts him. So there's a definitive end to the Blue Bloods. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's game over now. Surely, still and no he... regal though, is there? No, but that got called out in, in Luger's little promo in a minute. So yeah. he calls him a stupid little person in his posh Yorkshire accent that he's trying to do because he's from Bradford or something. <laughs> I love how Luger went back to the back just to come out again, for fuck's sake. What was the I'd point? I'd literally been out like 30 seconds earlier, hadn't he? <laughs> <laughs> it does get a decent pop, though, as always. There's a really, That's... really cool, two nice, stiff-as-fuck lockups like yeah. that. Yeah. Well, Dave Taylor's another one of them guys, you know, he's he's an absolute, you know, pro and can get chicken salad out of chicken shit, like, and Luger is chicken shit. Yeah. And then we have an inset promo from Luger, like I alluded to previously. I like to call it, it the, the Jiggly Peck promo. The Jiggly Peck promo. It was the least wooden promo I've ever seen, so I'm going to call it the Jiggly Peck human promo. <laughs> But it because it was bad, a pre-tape, was it? well, it was a pre-tape though, so you know yeah. you, you can't you can't fuck up on a pre-tape. He calls out glacier. Regal for the unless you glacier, yeah. He calls out Regal for the TV belt and says he'll take it out on Taylor because you're never there, kind of thing. Mm. And the promos aren't matched. There was no botches, no stumbles, a lot of you know jiggling and like flexing and stuff. But 
it was probably the best promo I've ever heard Lex Luger do. I can't believe that, it. Is that praise? Oh, it's, it's damning him with faint praise, isn't it? It's, it was, you praise you're that, you're that shit. <laughs> you're that shit. You, a pre-tape is that you can't do it live for loving the fucking money, but a pre-tape. I'll give you. I'll give you a little bit of credit. You're slightly more over with me, but you were in the minuses. So, hmm. <laughs> yes, yeah, so we get that little promo. It's pretty short match in it, really. He, he hits that like running forearm that we've mentioned a few times, and Bischoff's like, "Oh, well, you know, he got the steel plate in the arm for the accident on the motorbike." He said most people would have been out for the rest of their careers with that injury, but not not Lex Luger. Oh, Lex Luger. No, they wouldn't. <laughs> but he doesn't touch him with it. Like you see, you can see clearly like six inches of fucking air between yeah, his like arm and the ring. Considering it's like one of his signature moves. It was his finisher in the WWE. <laughs> running forearm. And then he gets him up for the rack and he taps pretty much instantly. But he lets go of it and then Brain makes another good comment, a good comment as well. He was on fire tonight, to be fair. He said, you know, he yeah, said Arn Anderson really would never he would never let go of that hold that early. He would have put the he would have really cinched in the punishment. That that was a really good line. Well he said something like um, he'd rather have his tongue cut out than quit or something like that as well. Yeah, he, he, that was brilliant. Yeah, he's not a quitter. That I thought brilliant. Brain was absolutely top notch. I don't don't get me wrong, he's never shit apart from when he like calls out the NWO stuff before it happens. Mm. Um, but sometimes he just does nights where he's a bit quieter and not everything he says lands, but tonight was just he was on it. Yeah, I, I thought it was. I thought it was fairly decent. Did what it needed to do. Quick, you know, Luger matches usually bore me to tears, but I think I think what the best thing about it was having those two after each other have a match, but it showed the contrast of the two guys. So you got one guy who's yeah. ruthless and aggressive and will do anything to win, and he, he, you know, that doesn't it doesn't always have to stop at the match as well. Where as you had Luger, who's quite clean cut, well, he's presented that way. And he wants to sort of win fairly, in a way. Although he does have in a steel way. plate in his arm, so I think it was a nice contrast to have them after each other with the different types of finishes. And then Luger gets gets nailed from behind by arm, doesn't he? <laughs> Which cements that theory. With a steel chair, yeah, um, loved it. Best angle on the show by by yeah. some distance. Um, Do you know why I loved it? No music, no fanfare, just a good old fashioned running. Yeah. Fucking no bullshit. It was great. And vicious as well. Vicious attack. That's what you expect. Oh, yeah. Really good. And then we get um, a rematch from, was it last week? Or was it the week before? Yeah, yeah it was last week. It was main event last week, wasn't it? Yeah. Ricky Steiner, um, who every time I see him on this, I just see Bron Breaker more and more, especially later on in this match when the headgear comes off, against uh, Benoit, which, again, you expect good. Apparently Scott Steiner's ruptured two two discs in his back. It's fine. That sounds a bit rough. And and he was he was doing his best impression of the YMCA biker. Yeah, he looked an absolute <laughs> tit in that leather waistcoat and leather paddy cap, didn't he? Fucking <laughs> okay, hell. Young man. Look like, <laughs> look like, look like, look like 98 Helmsley, didn't he? <laughs> hey, guys. <laughs> <laughs> in the cack pit. <laughs> <laughs> this was a this was a fun match as well. Actually, I I, I really got into this one. This uh, what did you reckon? I thought it was yeah. a corker, mate. I yeah. was I was buzzing for it. I I mean, I'll, I'll I'll give an overview at the end, but fuck me. So the Steiners get a 
big pop. Yeah. Drive time, Benoit comes out, and they're still <laughs> happy on about fucking Kevin Green. Jesus. They're not letting him, Patrick, not letting you forget him, are they? Oh, God, no. It's like, how can we miss you if you won't go away? Quote, unquote. Or yeah. quote somebody there. He's gone away, and you can't fucking miss the twat. But like, did you hear Bishop? And he was like, "Well, I think they, I think he got two, two somethings in the, in the. I read it in the USA Today. So it's like you're trying to put the guy over, but you don't even know what you're talking about, mate. He said he got two sacks. So I'm thinking, fucking hell, Paul Bastard got sacked twice in one day. Do you know what a sack is? Do I fuck? I don't watch the NFL. It basically, it's when you, uh, it's when you tackle the the quarterback when he's about to throw it. That's it. Uh, okay. So that's what it Smashing. is. Um, so, I've, I don't even think Bischoff knew what it was, to be honest. I think he was a bit like you, where he was just saying it. He's just seen it in the paper, and he thought, yeah, I'll just lob that yeah. out. Um, what, what, what's that, NFL? Is that on motorbikes? Is it a martial <laughs> art? No, no, not Eric. Oh, I'm, not, I'm not interested then. So, Benoit jumps it and starts stomping the fuck out of it. Then there's that monstrous leapfrog power slam, and it looked insane. Never get was, bored of that. It was fucking... It's one of my favourite moves. I think it's great. Yeah. Follows up with fists. Steiner, Steiner's brawling as aggressively as Benoit. Aggressive as fuck, wasn't he? Steiner. Yeah. And this is why I loved it. So yeah. he's as aggressive as Benoit because Benoit comes out always. You know what you're going to get from Benoit. Rabid Wolverine. They called it out on the commentary as well, didn't they? Saying not that Rick Steiner's had to change his style up as well. I thought that was really good. That's what I loved about it. That was the, yeah. that was the story that ran through it yeah. because last week, you know, didn't didn't really go for well for Rick and it was a bit of a poo match to be fair. This was fucking brilliant. So he's so he's completely changed his style. He's turned into like this aggressive brawling beast to match Benoit's sort of capacity for that kind of thing. And then he does it. Then he still but he still pulls out the suplexes, big belly to belly for two. Apparently Rick's teaming with the great Mooter in Japan because yeah. Scott is injured. Like Stein is shining big, a really aggressive chin lock. Benoit tries to fight back and gets released German for his troubles. Then they go to a break, which is annoying as fuck. But that released German, lovely. Vicious chops to Rick, vicious stomps. I love how much Patrick sells his neck during the counts when he goes down to count for a pin. Yeah. He's always like holding his neck. It's he's fucking brilliant, Nick Patrick. I love him. Yeah, uh, Scott. Scotty grabs his shoulders. I don't know if he's trying to massage him or like hurry him up or something. But he sells it even more. Benoit hits that beautiful snap suplex with two, and it cuts to the limo in, limo in the back. NWO plate on, which uh, has again been done in marker pen. <laughs> Spare no expense, these boys just just only on the contracts. <laughs> and here's Hogan and the Giant. He says he has business to take care of. There's a lovely body slam, elbow drop combo by Benoit. He's just so quick and fluid, Benoit. Yeah. It's like, it's all one motion. It's fucking brilliant for two. Uh, big right by Rick. There's a hope spot, back suplex to Rick for two. Benoit always covers after, every, pretty much after everything. I like that. He just covers yeah. and it's like, because you never know, this might be the one that gets him, which yeah. I think's great. Snap mare, chin lock, and he works it again. And it's always aggressive. Uh, flying forearm by Rick Steiner, which was cool. Benoit comes back with vicious kicks, a chin lock again, but again, it's worked again properly. Chops and slams Rick. The headgear comes off. He's up top for the swan dive headbutt. Connects only for two, though, because uh, Rick's made a sterner stuff. 
makes a point to mention monitors in the building, does Bischoff, because uh, people have complained that they've missed tons of shit in the arena because it's all outside. <laughs> well, you're listening, fair enough. Yeah. Benoit's up top, he dives, he gets caught into an overhead belly-to-belly. What a spot that was. Amazing. DDT by Rick for two, but it wasn't it wasn't flush like Hans. It wasn't as... He didn't catch it all, if you know what I mean. Didn't get all of it. So you can, no, didn't get all of it. Didn't want to give him that. Slams him. Rick does a second rope bulldog for two. A double clothesline. Both are down. Roboto's on the apron. Mongo pushes the briefcase in. Scotty stops him. And Rick gets it and absolutely mullers Mongo in the face. You can hear his glasses <laughs> smash. He fucking absolutely mullers him. Brutus beefcakes him. Absolutely <laughs> fucks him. Then he clocks Benoit for free. I, I, and do you know what? I enjoyed it. It was pacey, aggressive, good story in it. Rick, Rick changing his game plan. And I thought the finish was finish was good because the faces are getting revenge after last week. Yeah, It was fucking superb. Really, really enjoyed it. Yeah, I, I thought it was really fun. Really good fun. Really high impact, but fast pace as well. And it was, yeah, it was just like, it was, it was a fun, it was a good story without, like, like we were saying before, with, with Brick having to sort of adapt his style. Still not going away from it all, because, you know, he's very much, you know, collegiate and suplex and stuff like that. But it was, it was an absolute smorgasbord of suplexes, wasn't it? It was absolutely superb. Yeah. He's just an absolute beast with those things. I love watching Rick Steiner uh, and Scotty as well, but yeah, I know he's yeah. injured at the minute. But I just think it's, it was all it, it was a decent match last week, but this one took it to another level, I think. And maybe yeah, we'll see. It's, it's one of the little matches there where you kind of sort of goes under the radar, but you go, "Oh, definitely watch that." It's it's corky. Yeah, it's like a little, nice little nice little mini TV feud, isn't it? And I'm, they'll probably get they'll probably yeah. have a third one next week, maybe or the week after or something. It was really good, awesome. and I like the I like the finish as well, like you said, because they get a nice bit of revenge. And it's always it's quite funny watching Mongo just take silly bumps in it. It's just I quite enjoy watching <laughs> him get get battered. <laughs> it tickles me, Mongo. You know, he's just he's just a comedy figure. I can't yeah. take him seriously as a wrestler, but you know, you're going to get some sort of comedy gold out of the fucker, whether it's yeah. not being able to climb up the ropes or the way he just <laughs> takes an absolute pelter to the face. <laughs> uh, yeah, I thought it was a really good, fun match, that. We move on. Well, what we thought we were getting anyway. It's supposed to be Macho Man versus Ric Flair. I think it was for the US title. Is that right? Yeah. Well, it was billed that way anyway. Macho's, you know, gets a decent reaction again. Not not quite his usual level. Not on the on the, the Tarrant level that it has been previously. And then we sort of we hear Flair's music playing. We're waiting. We're waiting. Nothing. We cut backstage, and then Hogan's talking with the Nasties. He wants them to watch yeah. his too. And DBS has got a contract for them. I'm assuming it's a, a NWO contract. That's what it's led Same to. Same one Lizard last week, yeah. Yeah, it's what we're led to believe. And again, the music's playing again. No sign of him. And then you sort of you, you realise what's happening. You realise there's going to be something going on backstage or whatever. And then it cuts backstage and then MWO are beating him down. And Nash, is, <laughs> Nash screams into the camera, Fug life! <laughs> That was the lamest thing I've seen in a long time. <laughs> he had um, his bandana backwards like Tupac, yeah, didn't he? he did, yeah. And Lizzie's like just stood there watching it for some reason. 
Um, you don't know what emotion she's she's going through because it's all the same facial and expressions of body language. Yeah, I I didn't think it was even Flair. I don't think it was Flair that they were. It I think it like was him, someone. It? it was someone who was dressed up as Flair because if Flair was on the show, he would have come out with Arn. He would have been in a pro. He would have been doing something. You didn't see him at all. You know what I mean? Yeah. I don't. I think Flair's in Japan or somewhere, and. In fact, I might have to look into it because it, I, I, you didn't see his face, you didn't see everything. You had Virgil, Vincent, fucking about with a camera. It was it was really weird. There's a nice line by Bobby because he says to the nasties, watch my back. Heenan says, Hogan won't watch anyone's back unless it was to see where to put the knife or to find the wallet, which I thought was a great little line. But yeah, did you, do you know what I mean though? It didn't, it looked like they just put a robe on and a blonde yeah. and a blonde wig and it it was just someone getting his ass kicked. It was weird. But Yeah. It's, do you think it was one of them where Flair was like, Fuck that, I'm not taking a beat down tonight. Just stick someone in a rope, man. <laughs> do you think it was one of them? Well yeah, probably it, maybe he wasn't even there. I know there was a contract issue with him. I don't know what 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 point in the timeline that is. But then Liz gets backed up from uh, by the giant into the arena. Savage wonders he's got a chair. It's obviously a setup. Hogan mm. clocks him and takes him to the rail, drops him on the rail, chokes him with the chair, and then Hogan grabs Liz, and this is where it gets a bit uncomfortable, mm-hmm. and he makes a watch. Hogan says he owns her. It's a bit rapey, like like really yeah. rapey. No, it was really uncomfortable. Uh, the giant carries Macho to the ring, and then the old giant slips on the fucking steps, drops Savage full fucking bar on the steps, oh, and it looks painful. What a fucking moron. Honestly, this guy is an absolute tit. I hate him. So why? Why would you do that? You just watch what you're fucking doing. You're not, do you know what I mean? You're not just looking out for yourself there. You're looking out for a, another bloke who's meant to be your colleague as well. You could have hurt him. Do you know what I mean? He could have easily fucking hurt himself there. It's so dumb. Savage is he... such a pro, though. He said he doesn't he sell it. That's the best part about it. <laughs> but then he tr- like he tries to sort of like press slam him in, and he fucks that up as well. He catches him yeah. on the top row. He's Idiot. just a big, daft, useless twat, isn't he? <laughs> He's fucking Ca- more, catches man. his neck on the rope as he throws him in. It's fucking ridiculous. And then they proceed to beat him up. He goes to choke slam him, but Hogan says stop because yeah. one of uh, one of Hogan's punches is worse than a choke slam, right? So he drops yeah. Savage. He batters him. No hope spot for Randy, so it must have got him annoyed because he, lo- he loves a comeback. Leg <laughs> drop, spits on him. It gets big heat again, to be fair. Yeah, it does. And I'm thinking, this is more like it than, you know, with the it's NWO better. stuff. It's well better than the... Better than last week's little fucking soiree they had with fucking aperitifs and fucking volavants. <laughs> volavants, volavants, <laughs> chicken legs. <laughs> Cheesecake. Like a hall of mirrors. <laughs> and then they get the spray paint out and they do a chalk style outline like he's a dead body, which yeah. I thought was quite cool. That was but really... no one, not one fucker, not Luger, no. not Arn, not fucking the Steiners, not fucking anybody comes down to help. What is the fucking point? Uh, it's it, it's it so be- dumb, isn't it? So dumb. Yeah, it, was, it was better than last week, but anything would have been better than last week's NWO segments. It was proper action, but I don't understand why nobody... I get they've got to get over, but Jesus Christ, it just makes everyone else look shit. 
You're right. I get that. No, you're right. But then he, he mentioned Arn was looking after Flair, fair enough. But it only needs one of you to look after fucking Ric Flair. Mongo down, Benoit down, fucking Steiners. Well, one of the Steiners down, Luger fucking down. Do you know what I mean? Do you reckon that was why? I mean, they had injuries and stuff. Do you reckon that's why they, they were able to sort of get away with it? No, I think this is Hogan saying, hmm. no, 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 no. We, we need to We need to get over. Do you think? Yeah, because this is this is this is a recurring factor. I've I watched I've watched Flair talk about it, and he's like, he was saying something about Jer- Jericho was saying, oh yeah, they were so cool the NWO, and you know it was it was it was really hot, and Flair went, yeah, I bet you weren't saying you weren't saying that when you were getting your ass kicked every week by him. Do you know what I mean? No one <laughs> no one else was getting over kind of thing. It was a good point, um, though, isn't it? It is a good point because you know there needs to be. To make wrestling work, they need to get them some but, come up and sometimes, don't they? Yeah, this is why this is why people should get fucked off with Stephanie McMahon because she never got a come up and Vince always got a come up and whether it was pissing his pants in the ring, fucking, yeah. you know what I mean, getting stunned all the time. You know the the car, the bear truck, every, do you know what I mean? It was all yeah. he'd always get his come up and and Stephanie McMahon never did, and that's why people got fucking bored of it. That's yeah, but that, that's that's the that's the best part of a heel and babyface program, isn't it? It's it's the up it's and the down whole point it's, of it. Yeah, it's it's the whole point of it. You 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 know they're not always going to get the the better of them, and you know it, it, it's a little bit where you, you need you need to just have a couple of weeks where the NWO, well, not not the NWO, sorry, the WCW guys fight back and they get they Run get off. some. Yeah, exactly. It need, there needs to be. It needs to be a bit more balanced, I think. Whereas at the moment, it's extremely one-sided, isn't it? Yeah, actually, I tell a lie. I think I think Stephanie got a comeuppance once, where Vicky Guerrero for her in a pool of chocolate pudding or something. <laughs> if, if I remember that rightly, I have no idea when that was. So uh, <laughs> I'll have to re- I'll have to research that. <laughs> and then Hogan grabs a mic. By the power vested in me as Hollywood Hulk Hogan and the Brotherhood of the NWO, I deem this consummation of the Macho Man Randy Savage and Miss Elizabeth null and void because I own you. Get us out of I here. I own your body. Oh. I own your soul. I own your heart. Because it was etched in stone. Get us out of Miss here. Miss Liz, you're mine. Ooh, yeah. Get us out of here. Please. Cut the cameras. You know something, brothers? Just like... The Macho Man has been destroyed. I seriously doubt he'll be at Halloween Havoc. Why don't you snap into a Slim Jim Macho puke? What's next? By the way, let's destroy the broadcast booth. Oh, no, no, the WCW. No way. Let I'm not leaving. No begin. way. No Let's way. Run them over. Come on, guys. The heck? Bring her with us. The heck is that? The heck is that?
an old Savages and Lizzie sort of union. Mm. And he says uh, he owns her body and soul. Creepy as fuck. Yeah, that was that was difficult, really, wasn't it? And then, and then actually, because I was thinking, oh, Hogan's actually not doing bad, eh? Yeah. He's not doing bad. And then he goes, come on, guys, let's destroy the comms booth. And I'm like, no. <laughs> it was proper, oh, it was proper like, proper cheesy. That he actually, it was quite a nice, vicious heel promo to begin with. Yeah, he was, he was doing all right. I was with, with, with some, with some creepy undertones, which probably weren't as creepy at the time as they, they, they come across now. Uh, but still creepy as fuck, though. Oh, yeah. god, yeah. But I think you could get away with stuff like that a bit more back then. Um, well, he was being a heel, wasn't he? At the end of yeah. the day, I don't think he actually meant it. No, you I never know. know him. You never know with that couldn't. Yeah, and then and then and then it comes in, and they do this. They bring out a monster truck. Well, you know why? Because <laughs> because uh, old Dan rang him up, and he went, "He wants to upgrade from a NASCAR to a monster truck. <laughs> you want to upgrade to a new car." <laughs> <laughs> and, and fucking Waltman's hanging out the side of it, and it's got these big fucking Hulk Hogan arm gimmicks on the sides. It's they've fucking re, they've, re, um, they've just repackaged that uh, that one he had against the giant. Do you remember when he had that monster? monster oh, on the top thing? of Cobo Hall, yeah. And the giant got pushed off the edge of Cobo Hall, and then somehow just turned up in the ring. <laughs> Fuck me. That was his day. That was the first ever match he'd had as well. The giant. Yeah. Yeah. I know. It was like a year before. Halloween Habit 95, I do believe. <laughs> I know, it's a, it's a classic. <laughs> he's, come, he's come a long way in a year. He's not. Yeah, he has. He's, he's actually gone backwards, if possible. Ever since those classics yeah. with uh, that classic with uh, Loch Ness, he's, he's gone backwards. <laughs> so it went off the air with, with six in a fucking monster truck, for fuck's sake. It got It got good. If not a little, well, a lot fucking creepy, but it ended pretty shit and lame with the monster truck. I'm just, but you know, it was a lot better than last week it with, was the, with the NWO show, stuff. I think much better show. It was. It, I thought it was a decent show up until the end with the monster truck. Yeah, I thought. I thought the NWO segment was infinitely better. Infinitely bit of action showing what they actually are supposed to be. The pre tapes are pointless, aren't they? Because that's not what they're about. That's not what they were. That's not what the NWO was about. It was about. I always think those little pre tape co- comedy skits are a bit. They're a bit Shit. shite. Yeah, I thought this was better. It was. It, it showed them having that that numbers game, and it was. It was a better heel. Thing, but I just yeah. we just need to see a bit more comeuppance for him for me. But I just don't think we get it. I, I'm not sure that ever happens. I mean, it's hard to. I don't know really. We'll see. We've still got a long way to go, boy. I know that's it. I think them. Um, do you know them? Them sort of paid for advertisements. I don't think they work now. That WCW has to pay for him. No. Before they were more. It was. It was quick. It was. You know. It was funny. It was sarcastic. It was heelish. Now yeah. it's just like, well, we're not paying for him in kayfabe, so we'll just we'll just get him filming us pissing about. Yeah, and it just Stupid. yeah, it's made no, it makes no sense. This was much better. All in all, uh, last two weeks were shit, but this this really upped its game a little bit more. Um, we were hoping for that because yeah, the, the NWO stuff. Oh god, the NWO stuff had got really fucking weak, and yeah. this was a lot better. It was very fucking creepy. And I get that he's trying to be a heel, I get that, but still, yeah, not not for me. 
it's not something yeah. I enjoy watching. And the monster truck was lame as fuck. I'll be honest with you. But yeah, that, that <laughs> other than that, other than that, yeah, and it was it was a decent promo by Hogan for once. Apart yeah. from apart from that, let's go destroy the cams, booze. Yeah. <laughs> That was daft that bit, but yeah, it, was, it wasn't the it wasn't the best it, it wasn't the best episode, but it certainly but by wasn't it wasn't a bad episode. I don't think no. it was decent. That brings us to another the end of another episode of Nitro. So we do what we usually do. Uh, we'll we'll give our awards post show. A couple of contenders for the for the big top two awards, I would say. So uh, MVP. My MVP. <sighs> I'm probably going to have to go. This is a bit of a weird one because I didn't think anyone stood out to the point where I'd say, "Yeah, he was he was the linchpin of the show." Mm. Other than other than Heenan, Heenan was banging. Yeah, I thought Heenan was superb tonight. Some of his calls were mint. Yeah, and they, and they furthered matches. They made matches better, which was not not something he's done a lot the last few weeks where he's sort of. Or he's furthered angles in a way because he, he, you can't. You, some some weeks he can tell he's phoning it in, but this week he was on his game, wasn't he? Yeah, yeah. I'd have to, I think I think you could you could put you'd, you'd say him and possibly Arn and maybe even Luger. To be fair, Luger had a pretty decent week for him by his standards. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It was it was infinitely better than pretty much everything else he's ever done. <laughs> but I think I think I think if, I think if, I think I have to agree with Bobby Bobby Heenan. To be fair, I think he was. He's really good, and he made the show better with his commentary. I think so. Yeah. yeah. What about your match of the night? Well, I think it. I think to be fair, he could only really the match. The best match for me was was Rick Steiner and uh, and Benoit. Um, yeah, me too. Arn and Renegade was was good, but this yeah. was meant really. Yeah, enjoyed. it was really fun, really good, face fast paced with a nice little mini storyline in there. I think that was definitely the the match of the night for me. I think you'd agree, yeah. I definitely agree, yeah. Disco Dug and Hart. It's got to be the giant. Yeah, what a tit. Complete. <laughs> what an absolute bell piece. <laughs> what an what a moron. When I watched it, I paused it. I was just I was I was generally shouting at my laptop, going, "What are you doing?" <laughs> Honestly, he's, he 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 just reminds me of like he's just like. A dunce, isn't he? Just like the the dunce at the, yeah. the, the corner of the class, just fucking up everything. <laughs> fucking moron. <laughs> Barnet of the night for me, it's got to go to that absolute feathered locks of Jerry, not Jerry, uh, Jeff Jarrett. That is woeful. It really is. It is absolutely woeful. He was mine, but I did have a a close second. The nondescript Mike Wenner. <laughs> I had a proper Billy Ray Cyrus, you know, <laughs> Uncle Fucker haircut, didn't he? Yeah, they did, they did actually. Jar- um, Jarrett's is shocking, absolutely <laughs> shocking. Because it's not, it's not like short on the top like a Brad Armstrong. It's like side part. It's proper like, and then proper a like Gale Platt it, like Gail Platt. It. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> David, <laughs> Sarah um, Louise, you're having another baby. You're only fourteen. <laughs> oh dear, it was. Bloody woeful, but um, we're gonna have to get used to that, that that hair every week by the looks of it for for a little while at least. Yeah, <laughs> sake. I don't want to watch him. Well, I don't mind watching him in the ring, but yeah, he's he's one of my sort of on my blacklist kind of thing. However, we thought we'll take we'll take a positive show that yeah. we really enjoyed. 
and will make your experience with look at the adjective even more positive. You know what it is. We know what it is. You're all groaning. Everyone's moaning. It is the game show that literally nobody's talking about. <laughs> it's eight out of ten cunts. It's back again. It's back once again. <laughs> I told you we'd do it till the wheels fall off. The wheels are the, the wobbling. You know, RAC need to come out and give him a tyre check, but we'll see. <laughs> so we're still on the J's and the K's this week. As you know the drill, as we all know the drill, even yep. the men on the fucking moon in Space Station Mirage, they know the drill because they're all listening to it. <laughs> they're not. Kenny Omega said he wouldn't hire 8 out of 10 people from the AEW locker room. We would like to prove him wrong or possibly right. So I'm going to give Mark 10 names. If he can, ha- if he wants to hire more than two of these people, we have proved Kenny Omega wrong. Your first one is Jay Lethal. I love Jay Lethal, but he's been absolutely done. To- he's been murdered, hasn't he, on that roster? Uh, but for me, that guy is supremely talented, so he's an absolute dead cert. Yes, for me, I agree. I agree. He need. I think he needs a good six months off to tell it, rehab him, come back, and you know push the guy. Complete repackage. Complete. Get rid of Sanjay. Get rid of fucking the average Carly, <laughs> and he'll be good. Next one, inactive, suspended. Jeff Hardy. Nah, I don't want to see him anymore. I'd have to say no. No, um, I agree. Just, I agree with you on he's that. Reliability. He, he's always. He's just. It's not good for the guy to be wrestling anymore for me. I, I don't like. No. I, he's a legend, you know, of of a, of a certain style. But no, I wouldn't. I wouldn't have him around anymore just because of the problems he has. Agreed. Next one, uh, John Silver. No, I hate him. He's shit. He's wank. I'm Absolutely not a fan of him wank. at all. People seem to like him. He's a funny little character, but he, he doesn't work for me. Not at all. He's a funny little character. <laughs> <laughs> he's like five foot nothing. He's tiny, this little guy. Um, don't worry, guys. When, when we do sack him, he'll be in pantomime in December. Don't worry. <laughs> Next one, John Moxley. See, I'm, like we've said a few times, I'm not a mega fan of him, but I do see he has got value. Yeah, he does have value, I'll give you that. And I think I think he's he's become a sort of locker room leader in a good way, as opposed to Jericho, I would say. So I would I would definitely have Moxley on the on the team, to be fair. Next one I'm not too familiar with, uh, Josh Woods. Um uh, I think he's got some affiliation with that Matt, smart Mark Sterling. I think him and that Tony D got a little team. So nah, no, don't want him. Don't, no need. Next one's um polarizing figure jungle boy jack perry see we'll disagree on this because you don't really like him i think there's something in there with him um i don't i think there's a a good underneath the sort of underdog baby face there and i think he's over with the younger younger sort of elements of the crowd the girls like him i think he's i think he's got value so i definitely have him on the team no he's not for you i know no (laughs) keep keith lee I like Keith Lee. Yeah, I don't mind him in that tag team with Swerve Strickland as well. So yeah, I'll, I'll have him on. I'll have him in there as well. Different as well. Yeah. Oh, EVP inactive, suspended. Kenneth Omega, the creator of this <laughs> game show. See, this is this is a this is an interesting one, isn't it? Because this is, this is, does he count himself in that in that in that argument he had that day? No. 
<laughs> he's one of them where it's like he's not like he's not like the young books where I don't think he's. I just so I don't get it. I, I I've seen him have really good matches. I've seen him have good matches in AEW. I've seen him have good matches in Japan. So if I take all the sort of the the, the feelings I've ever been about as a person, as a talent in ring talent, I, I'd have to say yes. But I think he's a bit of a he's a bit of a not not on the same level, but he's a bit of a Hogan. He's a bit of a back, backstage politics. Oh yeah, massively. And I think because of that element of it, I wouldn't have him because he just seems like he's a bit of a. He's like he wants to create the click again, and I, I don't think I'd have him on the team for that reason alone. I I would have to agree with you. I think I think whatever you think about him in ring, like you said, I've seen him have good matches, but I think he has to work with specific people for me yeah. to enjoy his matches because I don't rate him on his own. If you know what I mean, he's not one of them guys that like like. Okay, we, we go about Arn Anderson, Benoit all the time, but you can put them fuckers in with anybody, right? Mm. Kenny Omega is not that guy. No. For me, and I think he's too much of a cancer well, in the locker room. His best match in AW was against Brian Danielson, and that that sort of yeah. leads that we'll point. Go. Yeah. yeah, I think he's a cancer in the locker room. I think he's I think he's just nothing, but I don't think any good can come from having him there. No. Really, because he's not a megastar, even though Meltzer put him in the top five biggest stars in, in AEW. He's not a mega star like the other four were, like Punk, Danielson, Moxley, Jericho, yeah. household names. He's he's not a big draw in America, regardless of what other people think. Yeah, let him go. Let him go and do his New Japan thing. I wouldn't have him in my company personally. No, um, we've got two more. Yep, Kips Kip Sabian. No, he's no. shit. Really bad. And last last one for this week. Last of the K's, Kyle O'Reilly. Inactive, next surgery. I love Kyle O'Reilly. So yeah, he's on the team. He's, he's, I don't know. I'm gonna. He's one of them where it's like I'm not sure how he's gonna fit now. He doesn't have Bobby Fish with him. He'd probably be no a lot happier. Seen, no one's. <laughs> well, they, they, I mean, that's yeah, it's a good point. But he's he's sort of. I really liked his his like quite fired up baby face running NXT before he left. Where he had that feud with Adam Cole. I thought that was really good. And then did, NXT just went, nah, get rid of him. So yeah, it's interesting whether people sort of see that ability to to push him as a single star because it doesn't look like they do. He's not a guy that you can do a good angle with because he's not a great promo. But I think he's he'd be a very good hand to have in the company to have good matches with people and get other people over. Which yeah. is he's wasting him because he's really good in the ring. But if you had him, say you had him in, <sighs> say you had him in WWE. Yeah. You know you could put him with like a Riddle who's become a bit of a comedy knobhead, but you know he's legitimate, right? You could yeah. put him in with Riddle and they could man. have like a, a worked shooty kind of, you know, MMA kind of vibe yeah. thing. So like like if you put him with Thatcher, you know it'd be a good in-ring product. I know Thatcher, yeah. well, he's, he's disappeared somewhere, but he was mint. Um, yeah. Him and Thatcher could have had an absolute storm. And him and Daniel, do you know what I mean? You could have a yeah. really good technical match with him, but he's not an angle guy. He's not a... He's, he's an in-ring like guy. Yeah, he's, yeah. He's, he's like Danielson used to be before Danielson Danielson's personality came out and yeah. he, he he got better on the mic because Danielson used to be woeful on the mic, but he's, he, he's, he's mint now. Yeah. So Yeah, he's uh, he's definitely someone he'd want on his side, isn't he? I think he's he's a good 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 talent to have. Uh, 100%. Yeah, so definitely have Kylo. I've, I've spoken highly enough about Kylo Riley enough on this podcast, I think. Yeah. So we're only on the K's and we've done 50 fucking people. 
<laughs> I think I've trimmed that down quite a bit as well, though. I think I've got a better yeah, option. <laughs> this week, Kenny, wrong again. Five out of ten cunts. And four for, four for John Boy. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I've, I think... I think I think I think the sentiment of what he was saying makes sense, but two, I think you wouldn't hire eight out of ten people. That's just it's just hyperbole, isn't it? It's it, yeah, of course it know, is. It's he's a hyperbolic. Yeah, five five. Not it's getting a bit lower, but um, from the previous weeks. But still, there's still good talent on that roster. That to be quite to be quite frank, a lot of it's just getting pissed on, especially Jay Lethal. Yeah, yeah, massively <laughs> fucking hell, yeah. <laughs> Poor sod. Right, so that's the end of everyone's least favourite game show. So what we want to do now is just take a few few minutes, a minute or two, to just, just to say something about a guy that's quite prominent in our show, like Mark said, Mister Kevin Nash. Do you want to do you want to take the lead on this, Keith Lad? <laughs> yeah, I mean it's quite um, it's quite shocking news, really, wasn't it? You know, yeah. I mean, I feel I feel really bad for, for Kevin Nash. He's had a a, a, a real Tough year by by all accounts. Yeah, uh, the lost, lost his lost his best friend for you know twenty odd years, thirty years, however long they were friends, and and then what? A few months later, he's he's lost his his son. I think it's just on Scott Hall's birthday as well. Yeah, I mean it's it was quite it was cruel sort of po- poetry, wasn't it? It was the way it sort of came about, and it was I think it's quite. We just wanted to. I know he's not particularly going to listen to this but it's just nice to what yeah. we sort of wanted to pass on our well wishes to him and his his wife and family and stuff like that so it's real sad sad news but uh he's he's put out a podcast today and it's quite important that he did that actually just to Poignant. a lot of people yeah a lot of people a lot of people might be struggling with that grief and stuff like that i think it's quite strong and powerful of him to do that so all all the all the power to to kevin nash definitely yeah keep it too sweet buddy yeah, definitely. But uh, on that sombre note, we come to an end. We do. As always, we really appreciate the interactions we get on Twitter from you guys. We put out a tweet earlier today. We've just hit 250 downloads. We're, well, we're over that now. It's, it's It astounds us how mm. two tits like me and him have got people following us and, and listening to us and the, liking what we do. We we do this, well, we started doing this, shits and giggles, thought it'd be a laugh, and then it's more of a, it started as more of me, me and Mark just having a chat for yeah. a couple of hours on a Monday, and it's it's nice that people like it, we, we, we do it regardless, but, you know, if people seem to like what we do, that's great, and we really appreciate anyone who supported us, liked to tweet, retweeted us, you know, downloaded a, an episode, downloaded yeah. every episode. It just show. I mean, 250, like Mark said this morning, 250 might not be massive to anybody else, but to us, it's yeah. fucking astounding. So, I'd just like to thank you. If you've got any questions, which I do have a question. Yeah. We do have a question from last week, from our good friend, Mr. Chris Bellis, from the <laughs> One Man's Meat podcast. You didn't quite make it onto Cretan of the Week, I'm afraid, Chris, you know. Mark Mark pulled it at the last minute. But he had a he had a question for us last week, but it was a bit of a thinker because yeah. it was it was quite an in depth conversation. So before before I start plugging all our various bits and bobs <laughs> and effluvia, uh, I will answer this question. The question was Who, in your fine fellow's opinion, are the modern day wooden tops in both of the big two? It's a tough right. One, that. Well, 
he said he made some suggestions in AEW. He thinks the varsity blondes are bland as fuck. I will definitely go yes for Griff Garrison, but I definitely think there's something with Pillman's kid. Yeah. Yeah, because I think we mentioned Griff Garrison last week on the eight out of ten, didn't we? And I said he was pretty yeah. pretty would pretty bland. So I can see where he's coming from with that, definitely. He is one of them. Pillman's kid, I'm not willing to give up on yet. Because maybe yeah, just because I love I love his dad. Yeah, but I do think there's something. I think if you can get that personality out of him, I think I think he could be a fantastic speaking like we said about Jungle Boy before. I think I think Pillman Jr. could be a fantastic underdog high flying babyface, just like his dad was. Yeah. Maybe he's but I think because his dad was so unique and so sort of innovative, I think a lot of people expected his son to be like that and he's really not. He's, yeah, he's just it, not it, that guy. It's one of them where it's like he's got a massive, you know, shadow to come out of, isn't he? So yeah. I think it might take him a bit of time to find himself. So yeah, I, I know what you mean. But he's yeah. young, he is young. He's not like Arn's kid who's like thirty-five and just <laughs> started. He is though, isn't he? Do you know what I mean? I don't think he is. I think he's about eighteen, but he looks about thirty-five. <laughs> Brock Anderson. Yeah, I'm sure. He looks he looks well old. Let's see how old he is. <laughs> I don't know, he looks like his dad, doesn't he? <laughs> Brock Anderson. Oh, he's twenty-five. <laughs> so he's not as old as you think. <laughs> he looks well old, to be fair. Uh, and then he came up with another suggestion for WWE, which was the Creed Brothers. Um, I and he know they says, are. "No, I don't really, because I don't watch WWE." He yeah. says they need whatever Rick and Scott were were on in their prime. What Rick and Scott were on in their prime was mentalness <laughs> and <laughs> THT, whatever it's called. <laughs> THC, that's weed. You mean <laughs> what? What? What's HGH? it called? That's it. Sorry, yeah, that's it. <laughs> I, th- I don't think they, if, if they were going to do that kind of stuff in the nineties, I don't think they'd be on HGH. I think they'd be on good old anabolic steroids. But I don't, <laughs> I, I don't know if they were or not. That's not me accusing. I'm just yeah. saying. I think, I think they were just two peak athletes who were yeah. a bit mad. They were just mad. So, yeah. I mean, in terms of personality-wise, I mean, neither of them were a good promo, but they were just a bit mad, so they got over being mad. Do you know what I was thinking? Who's wooden as fuck, who I've never got on WWF? Baron Corbin. Oh, Baron Corbin is an absolute... Yeah. He's, he's got he's like He's a fucking oak tree of woodenness, isn't he? <laughs> I just All of a sudden, you know, I was just trying to wrap my brain, trying to think of someone in WWF that I would think is like that. He's up there for me. I, I've never got him. Never been into him. Whereas a lot of people when rave he, about him. Yeah, he's, he's he's got a bit more personality recently. But I think I think what, what Chris was saying, he was like a tag team. Oh, a tag and team. I can't right, think yeah. of specific tag teams. Like for me in AEW, Adam Page is top of the tree, Lord Wooden <laughs> Top number two. I mean, he's over he's he's very luger without the body. He's over as fuck, and I do not get it. He yeah. can't cut a promo to save his life. He has a dumb fuck expression. That daft promo he did the other, the other week to try and put personality into him when he's punching himself in the fucking face. What a complete cretin. Everyone was that raving was sh- about that, though. It was fucking awful. It was absolutely <laughs> awful. Don't try and do these amazing promos. You've got the guy, the best promo in the business at the moment in ring that's active in yeah. NJF. Don't try yeah. and compete. You can't, you can't work... He can't really work very well anymore. He's he's just he's he's. I just I, I just find him shit. He's he's a dumb fuck. And another one in <laughs> AEW 
Another one in AEW that, that they could you could pair him up with Jake fucking Hager. That man <laughs> is an absolute fucking statue. He's the blandest of bland. And then when they put him, I remember we were watching we, we used on our old incarnation, we used to do an AEW dynamite review, and there was a promo with when it was the inner circle, and he stood there in a white polo shirt, white shorts, and white fucking trainers. And I'm just thinking, you 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 put the blandest man the in your company in all white, just basically to say, "Oh, do you know that guy who can't talk, can't wrestle, can't do shit, just looks like like a fucking mannequin." Look how much more uh, bland he looks now. <laughs> looks like he's playing on centre court at Wimbledon. He made Tim Hedman look personality. You know what I mean? <laughs> Yeah, oh, Hager's, and and I am going to have to. I know you you put him in the eight out of ten, but fucking Jack Perry, Jungle Boy, bland. You don't right now. Nah, you don't like him at all, do you? He's got no personality. He's got the he's got, he's got the personality of a curtain pole. He really has. He's he's fucking dreadful, <laughs> and he's 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 just a move guy. So I get that's not bland the moves he does, but he can't work work, can he? He's he's fucking bland as tits. <laughs> you had to get a fucking in the jungle fucking dog shit theme tune for him. There's I think no, that's one of the reasons I like there. <laughs> There's nothing there for me. I think they're the three from AEW wooden tops in the, the triple the triple team of wooden tops. There, I think WWE Corbin Corbin's got to be in there. I tell you, I tell you, he was a proper wooden top actually. Tony yeah. Nice, great body. Tony Nice is a bit yeah. Great body, great look. Can't talk for shit. Luger. <laughs> Yeah, he's he's, he's, he's very be, he's better in the he's better in the he's ring be, than Luger. He wears the black trunks and everything though. He's he's, he's, he's like <laughs> modelled himself on Luger. <laughs> I say I say okay. I say he was a wooden top. That's not he was a wrestler, but he went to commentary. Byron Saxton, absolute wooden top. <laughs> Byron Saxton. <laughs> you know what I mean though. Absolute fucking read off the cue card, wooden top. Now, the thing with the WWE, it's more difficult to find wooden tops in them because they're all about the personality. You've got a yeah. personality and and fucking stuff like that. There's got there's got to be more in the WWE that we that we haven't. Do you know that they've just give up on? I mean, people. I've heard people say Kyle O'Reilly's bland, but I, I disagree with that. Yeah, it's, it's got to be a it's got to be like a, a full package, doesn't it? The total package, yeah. if you will. <laughs> the quarter, the quarter package. Adam Page. That's his new gimmick. Repackage yeah. him. <laughs> Repackage quarter package. We've not really answered yeah. the question there, have we? But we've had a good little giggle. <laughs> I think I definitely think Page, Hager, Baron Corbin, and Jungle Boy are, are a new faction. <laughs> Wooden two <laughs> Wooden World Order. <laughs> Wooden World Order, yeah. Sponsored by Ron Seal. <laughs> it does fucking nothing what it says on the tin. <laughs> oh god, that that tickled me that. <laughs> Any road. We best we best wrap up because um tea to be eating, we've got I need a piss. You know, we've been <laughs> on for two hours plus now, so if you want to interact with us, like we were saying before, it's at Adjective Pod on yeah. Twitter. That nice five star review on old Spotify will do for us. Time very much, if you don't mm. mind. Any retweets, questions, likes, appreciated. Anything else? 
Facebook as a DM if you want to ask us a question or just, just tweet it to us. Um, is there any further business, my good friend? Not for me. Well, in that in that case, I will uh, I will mix it up today and say, Heath Dicky Slater. <laughs> See you later. <laughs> the preceding podcast gimmick that was paid for by Look at the Adjective.